All right, we good? We Gucci. That's all I needed to know. And I see that good old record button now. All right, I see the record button now. We got to get right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just wait until the room fills up just a little bit more before we get started. We don't need too many people. We just need a few faithful. That's a fact. Um, but in the meantime, between time, bro, let me hear your thoughts on just game two overall something short sweet to the point and then you can roll the music while we wait uh proud of the fight that our guy showed you know it was i didn't expect the heat to roll over at all but i certainly didn't expect him to shoot the nets out like that um i think it was a gritty win clearly both of our stars are hobbled they were questionable before the game but I'm glad we were able to pull it off, man. Um, good team victory. We hit the shots when we needed to hit them. So, um, you know, people say it was too close for comfort. I'm, I'm calling it that the Knicks are clutch, that we can come out when we're not playing our best and still find ways to win games like that. So that's how I feel about the game, too. What about you, man? Honestly speaking, it was a dog fight, but I expected that. A lot of people forget that you have Kyle Lowry, Kevin Love, two championship people. You have undrafted guys, but at the end of the day, these undrafted people already went to the promised land of the Eastern Conference Finals. So they know what it takes to get there. Again, they understand their roles, and they have primetime Eric Spolstra as a coach. So regardless, in my case, when I said Nixon 5 and I still stand on it, it was always what I said. It was going to be a win is a win. I don't care if it's by 20 or by one. A win is a win. And that's all that matters to me. Other than that, though, bro, bro. Yeah, you could cue the music up. Then after that, we could get straight into it. We got a nice little crowd. And after that, you know, whoever pop up, they pop up. Bad, bad, bad. All right, y'all, so I'm just going to presume that all or most of us are New York fans, New York Knicks fans, so I got a little something-something for you. Hopefully you're on your New York shit, too, all right? Yeah, you're sick for this one. This one. <laughs> 
sir on my new york shit i haven't lived in new york since i was a late teenager i left for school and whatnot but everywhere that i've gone whether it was tennessee for hold up hold up hold up so i gotta revoke your card real quick you talking man you ain't been here in years hold up real quick what what no 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 no. i ain't lived i ain't lived there in years i've been back every year oh all right all right so you good you valid you valid Yeah. (laughs) yeah i'm just saying no matter where i went I lived in Florida for a little bit, lived in Tennessee for a little bit, lived in uh, Michigan for grad school. Now I'm in the D.C. area, having lived in two different states here. And people know. They know whenever they meet me. They know. I'm a humble New Yorker, but they know. So I hope everybody's had a, a great week so far. Um, we, we about to get into it. Trip, uh, what do you want to start with? Man, listen. I love the I love the whole description of what you came up with. Then I see you. What's up, baby? How you feeling? Oh shit, my bad. I know my speaker was on here. Hey, you here? What up, baby? Yo, you're speaking on. You might as well talk. You ready to talk? I see it. What up, baby? If you speak on, you just gotta say you're. Yo, first. He don't, he don't even know that it's yeah, there. Look, yo, see? first. Oh, I, right, right. he he there. Come on, you there? You good, bro? You good? You in the Matrix. In the Matrix, man. You in the Matrix, man. It's all good. So he get that right. Um, we can start it off with just I asked you this question and you proposed it to me. Let me know. Concerned or encouraged by this win? Let me know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting sharing these thoughts after we had this conversation not too long ago. Um Bro, it's a, it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both, but I'm I'm gonna stick with the uh, I'm gonna stick with the concern. Um, the reason being is that I hear a lot of people say that, um, you know, we're just not hitting our shots. We're just not hitting our shots, and I mean that's true to a certain degree. But we've never been the team that shoots extremely high percentages. We've never been that team. We've been the team that rebounds, the team that gets second chances, the team that that. Um, out hustles the next team and yeah we hit timely shots but 
to, to be hitting them at a high rate consistently throughout the entire series, yeah, we can get hot and do something like that. But I'm concerned because our offense doesn't look uh, – it looks like we don't have very much command over the offense at times. Like Miami could disrupt us. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned, man. I'm, I'm not going to front. I'm a little concerned. I can give you an argument for the other side, but I'm going to swing it to you. Uh, what do you think, man? I'm going to be real with you, bro. I'm kind of in the middle, but I'm going to favor more to the encouraged side. Now, I say this because you got big production from the big three. Forget that mid three. This is big three talk. All right. We got good production. First time since, uh, what did they say? Uh, 2000, 2000 something or something, something back then. So we got three. Something like that. OD long to where three of these guys score 20 points a piece in a playoff game. You feel me? But I'm encouraged just for the fact that they all balanced out together. Randall came back in looking good, and he came with the mental that there was really no ISO ball as much as we thought it would have been. You get what I'm saying? So the fact that he understands now that he has a team, he has guys that's there, I like the fact that RJ was clicking on all cylinders. I wish he would have, uh, you know, got a little bit more more plays for him. It was a couple of plays where I heart, you know, he got good defensive rebounds, getting the board back, but he just missed, you know, RJ on cuts where it was like, damn, like RJ is really moving off the ball. So it's off the ball movement, A1. Jalen Brunson, shouts to him playing through pain, but then just had a spark. It was like, you know what, I see openings. Forget it. I'm just taking it. He's living in the moment. Shout out to Josh Hart, our glue guy, new jocks, uh, John Starks. But overall, I have a feeling our bench is going to pick up. You know, even though IQ only scored six points, at least in the fourth, he was trying to be aggressive at, at the start. So, um, I mean, hey, I'm always optimistic. You know, it's the fact that game one, we lost by seven with a Jimmy Butler, with him getting hurt with these vets, with these championship people, with these undrafted caliber players that have been to the finals. Then we get the game two. Yeah, Jimmy's not there, but they still have the same people, the same two guys that won championships, the same guy that sat there and, yeah, they undrafted, but at the end of the day, they still have been to a conference final. So they have this experience. We won the game. We did what we were supposed to do. We were never supposed to be here. They considered us. A, they considered us a playing team. We are in the second round and have won it and have equaled up the series one and one. And now we're going to South Beach, you know, aka MSG South, and we about to go three and one once the shit is done. So hold it down. I hear you on that, man. I totally hear you on that. I- and I identify with a lot of those points. You know, I feel, I feel it's crazy how we can both feel conflicted at the same time. It can make arguments for both sides. But I think I don't think you're lying, man. And it does take a little bit of optimism. I just want to take this time to invite uh, everybody up. Um, you know, if you have some thoughts to get off, we have a few questions for you, you know, and then you could also go into your own take. The first question that we have on the floor is, are you concerned or encouraged by the team's play? And I see. uh mentality came up <laughs> i could i could guess 
I could take a wild guess as to what what mentality he thinks, but you know he's super encouraged, and I'm all <laughs> for it today. So definitely let him speak. I'm all for it. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. We need some, we need some positivity mentality. Yeah, I, Give it I, to I, us. I love it, man. Because like I said in in the other space the other night, man. Like my lady and my older brother surprised me with with tickets to the game. Their nosebleeds, you know. But while I'm watching that game, right, and we, and there's seven minutes left, and we're down six points, like. If we would have lost, I'm not going to say I, I wouldn't go to the game, but I wanted to rip the fucking tickets in half, you know, because I wouldn't want to drive to Miami like four hours away from where I'm at. And then, God forbid, we lose that game. We're down 0-3. Yo, that last seven minutes saved our season, man. We are 1-1. All we got to do is win one game and we get home uh, court advantage again. But I think we're going to beat these guys just like we did Cleveland. Remember, heading into Cleveland, it was 1-1, heading into game three. We showed that we could beat Cleveland 3-1 in the regular season. We showed we could beat Miami 3-1 in the regular season, right? So there's nothing stopping me from thinking that we're going to go uh, 3-1 back to New York, you know? So, like, I, I'm just proud of this team, man. Just keep in mind, guys, it's been 24 years, 1999, 24 years since we made the Eastern Conference Finals, man. I was 13 or 14 years old when I was watching that shit, man. It's been a long time coming with three wins away. Like, yo, we got the team that can beat anybody. We got, I think, the best duo. Wait, 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 wait. Real quick, real quick. And mind you, you're not saying nothing wrong. I'm asking you a question yo. at this point. You said you were 13 or 14 when they went to the conference finals. That was 99, correct? Yeah, I'm born in 85. Yo, bro, listen to this, right? I was born in 93. So how old was I? You, you, you probably just have, like, childhood memories, like five years old or something, six years old. Bro, so you know how real it is for me, bro. I had to see it all. Yeah. Like I got to see the good, the bad, the ugly. Shout outs to Phil from morning from yeah, next yeah, morning, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm telling you, bro, I got to see every part of it. Like I was like, yeah, Wade, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right, yeah, I've been, nah, yo, listen, man. Bullshit. My, my, right, so my daughter, you feel me? Like that was all my emotions. In my yo, life. bro. So like my daughter's 11, right? But my son, he's five years old. About to turn six years old, right? So, and he watched every Nick game with me. So I know in 24 years from now, he's going to be like you. He's going to remember this shit, man. And so basically, your 99 was my 94. In 94, I was nine years old. Watched every game with my brother. Seen John Starks go two for 17, game seven, right? So like, yo, this fan base deserves it, man. Whether you've seen 94, whether you've seen 99, it doesn't matter because everybody's seen a whole bunch of bullshit ever since then, man. So everybody deserves this. But back to what I was saying, man, we have a special group of kids, man. I've said it throughout the whole year. Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, to me, is the best duo in the NBA because how many teams have two All-Stars right now? And out of them teams that got two All-Stars, Jalen Brunson is an All-Star to me. How many of them are still alive in this playoffs? Then we got Mitchell Robinson, who I've raved about all year, man. He is doing nothing in the playoffs that I didn't already know who he is. A defensive shot blocker, bro, a rim protector, a rebounder, uh, could finish on all the Bro, he is... I think a top five center and he's only touching the surface at 25 years old, man. We got Josh Hart. That's like John Starks reincarnated. You guys see John Starks going crazy for, for fucking Josh Hart. He's making number three great again, man. He's it's disrespectful to call this dude a role player, man, because stars are born in the playoffs and Josh Hart is becoming a star, man. Then you got 
kids that's struggling that hasn't even broke out in these playoffs like Emmanuel quickly, right? Wait till he gets going, whether it's this series or next. Yo, this team to me is the most talented team that I've ever seen as a New York Knicks fan. I mean, in 94, we were just tough. You know what I mean? We we were a good team, a great team. But in nine, And I never thought I would see a, a Knicks team more talented than the Spreewell and the Houston and the Larry Johnson and the Marcus Camby and the agent Patrick Ewan and, and stuff like that. But this team, top to bottom, I think is the most talented team in, in that I've ever seen. That's my opinion, man. So as far as this Miami Heat series goes, I really don't care if we win in five or six or go back to game seven. I just want to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, man, because we're one series away from the finals. That'll be fun, bro, whether it's Philadelphia or, or Boston. We could compete with all these teams. So that's all I want to say, man. Is this a good time to be a Knicks fan right now? Look, we could be the New Jersey Nets and got swept in the first round. I'm out. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can always count on mentality to give us a shot of uh, of encouragement, uh, whether things are going good or bad for the team. <laughs> we want to encourage everybody else who wants to speak to come on up. Uh, we want everybody to have an opportunity to share how they feel, whether or not they're concerned or not, um, or encouraged by what's going on. And, and last, I, uh, thing, last thing I forgot to say, I forgot to say one important thing, right? So say, hypothetically speaking, we do beat Miami. I never want to hear another Nick fan tell me that Eric Spolstra is better than Tom Thibbs because I tell you what, man, now the tables are kind of reversed. Thibbs has the more talented team, right? Spolstra has Butler. Well, Thibbs had Derrick Rose. Well, guess what? Spolstra also had Dwayne Wade, Ray Allen, Ray Allen. Uh, Chris Bosh, and a prime LeBron James. And people are going to use that example of him hiding behind a superhero team as a way to say that he beat Thibs two times. So if Thibs beats him this time, I never want to hear the Spolstra talk again that he's a better coach than Tom Thibs because let's see who's able to win now when, when he don't have the better team. That's all I got to say, man. Uh, Tom Thibs, he's the real coach of the year, man. You guys just seen Mike Brown blow a 2-0 lead in the first round, man. Thibs should have got that coach of the year because this is the youngest team in the league with a winning record like us. Go, Thibs. Yo, hold on, Ray. Hold on, Ray. Don't don't even say nothing. Let, let me talk right now. Let me talk right now. Meet your mic, bro. Meet your mic. At the end of the day, bro, mentality, I love you to death. I hear what you're saying, but you are so wrong, bro. <laughs> Number one, and you don't you don't even gotta rebuttal this, bro, because I'm not I'm not even coming at you. I'm I respect how you feel. Shit, we won that game. Shit, go crazy. I don't care. Talk your shit. You won that. But I'm just gonna correct you real quick. Eric Spolstra is a different breed. He went from already being on the computer, breaking down film, to now coaching a team. And now he's easily implementing what he already had to teach players to break down. Then on top of that, regardless of if you cancel out the super players and all the teams he had, he has un he had seven undrafted players to where we were supposed to blow these guys out, and we just won. He makes the adjustments. He has learned to create a system to where he knows these players have like little ailments they can't do certain things and he's created a way to where they can cover it all up and still be competitive at any given moment no matter the team no matter the situation no matter how bright the lights are so in that case if i put that 
in comparison to Tom Thibodeau, I'm sorry, Tom fails every time. Yeah, but I look at it like this, man. Like if we just, if I, I learn from the best, man. I learn from Nick fans, right? I learn from the best fans, the Mecca, right? And if Tom Thibs, God forbid, he was an eighth seed playing team at best. Everybody remembers that famous saying from Nick fans, eighth seed playing team at best. Let's not forget that Spolstra this year is an eighth seed playing team at best. They got lucky because they didn't have Greek Creek. So I don't want to hear this in February. The Knicks was an eighth seed playing team at best and Thibs getting killed for it. But then we're going to praise Eric Spolstra for having an eighth seed playing team at best. And another thing, as far as them undrafted kids, him and Pat Riley, they work in the front office together. They scout and they draft their players together. So that sounds like a coaching and a talent evaluation problem to me. If you draft a whole bunch of busts and you have to go back and go into the kitty litter and go get them, them undrafted guys, that sounds like a talent evaluation problem to me. That's not a talent evaluation problem for Thibs because he drafted Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly at 25, Quentin Grimes at 25. Let's talk about Mitchell Robinson being a late uh, second rounder. Uh, let's talk about Josh Hart and, and, and Jalen Brunson being a second rounder. Let's talk about Isaiah Hartenstein being like the 57th pick in the NBA draft, right? These guys were almost undrafted, too. So I don't want to hear that undrafted uh, horseshit, in my opinion, bro, because that's just letting me know him and Pat Riley are drafting together and they're not scouting the right way. So they're getting stuck with undrafted players. Like, I don't want to hear that. They're AC playing team at best. I'm not... all I'm saying, man, if Thibs beats Spolstra, it's revenge. And I'm going to say the same thing that people said about uh, Thibs when he lost to that superhero team of LeBron James. Prime LeBron. Yo, Jimmy Butler doesn't compare to prime LeBron James, bro. Uh, the Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson don't compare to prime LeBron James. That's all I want to say. That man beat Thibs two times behind LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Boss, Ray Allen, was handed a team by uh uh, Pat Riley, he's the real brains behind the operation, man. So I'm just saying that if we beat uh, them and go to the Eastern Conference Finals, I, I can't agree with any more. Um, Thibs is not better than Spolster. That That's just my opinion, man. They need to learn how to draft better. They need to learn how to scout and, and draft better and get real talent like Thibs and, and Leon Rose is doing. Because if we had a whole bunch of undrafted kids, we'd be pissed off right now. You do know that everything you just said, made Tom sound like the baddest coach in the world, right? I just I just want you to know that, bro, because I need to go to these other speakers because they're here. But everything you just stated is why Eric Spolstra is the better coach. No, he Eric had, Spolstra. No, 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 no. He don't have to. Spolstra didn't take over. Chicago Bulls The Minnesota Timberwolves. Don't make me drop you. Just listen. This is your time to listen right now. Just listen. Just listen. Because I got other speakers and we got to run this show. We will resurface this, con- this convo. I promise you. We're going to resurface this. But you got to listen right now. You just said fact after fact, but you said it in regards of like, bro, no matter how you put it, it makes Eric Spolstra sound like the better coach. He has seven undrafted players. Had Tom Thibodeau had seven undrafted players, we probably wouldn't even be in the fucking playoffs, bro. Like, do you understand the adjustments you have to make with having seven undrafted players two supposedly washed-up championship players and only one primetime player in Jimmy Butler that supposedly only shows up in the playoffs. Mind you, they've dealt with injuries all year and still are in the second round. Bro, I love you to death, but that shit was crazy, bro. I'm going to need you to get it together, reanalyze it, 
Give yourself like 20 minutes, and then we're going to resurface this. But, yo, I see we got new speakers. Richie was hold up on. here first. Hold on. Richie was up here first, so we're going to let it go to you. But before we go to you, Bray, what's your comment? Yeah, man. Um, mentality, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I appreciate your passion. But I don't know how you can say that this Knicks team is one of the most talented teams that we've seen and then talk about the undrafted players on the other side and, <laughs> and say that that Tibbs is a better coach. Like, I think I think based on the argument that you laid out, that would I mean, I agree with Trippy. That would point to Spo being the superior coach. And it, furthermore, I would say that um, I don't think that one playoff series would define that. I think it would uh, I think it would take a number of matchups. Um, and as it stands right now, I think most people who watch basketball and follow basketball would based on Spoh's track record. And uh, let's aside from the LeBron, I'm not even thinking about LeBron. All right. I'm not thinking about LeBron. First off, it does take a certain amount of skill to actually meld those talents and to not everyone can, uh, can coach that level of talent and have success. Cause it's, it's such a pressurized situation. Everyone's expecting you to win. Like anything less than a win, they're killing you because of the talent that you have. So coaching that level of talent is a talent in and of itself that we don't know if Tibbs could actually do that. Right. Um, so, yeah, I have some other points, but I'm going to just leave it there. And I'm going to get over to Rick. Who and that's, up a, that's, a, that's an awesome point, man, Ray. But but just remember, man, LeBron James has taken six different NBA coaches to the NBA finals, man. He is the head coach. And Tom and, and Spolstra was just one of the six that he took to the NBA finals. Spolstra took a team with only Jimmy Butler and Bam, who plays one side of the court to the to the, to the finals, bro. Well, yeah, then, I, then better thank Thibs because Thibs is the one that developed his superstar in Jimmy Butler. That's all Thibs. Tibbs said that he Tibbs said that he didn't receive his cup. Tibbs said that Save your thoughts. You don't even got to say nothing. Yo, in the words of how we run shit ever since the award show, hey, yo, mentality, you got to I'll holler at you, bro. Anyways, next, we're going to Rick. Yo, what's going on, fam? I appreciate you having me up, man. To your original question, man, look, I wasn't optimistic at all after game two, man, to tell you the truth. And just from the standpoint of that, we was getting cooked by undrafted dudes, man, like Caleb Martin and Max Juice, man. Like, these dudes grew up – they grew up playing lacrosse, you know what I'm saying? And they out here cooking us, man. But the more the more I watched the fourth quarter, like the last two quarters of game two, man, like three, four times, you know what I'm saying, since the game ended. And I thought that we did a good – I thought we, we, we found some things, man. They do a lot of gimmicky shit. On, on defense, mainly the zone shit. And I feel like we kind of figured it out, you know what I'm saying? It's Randall and, and Hartenstein spent a lot of time at the free throw line extended, man, you know what I'm saying, spraying the ball around. Um, Hartenstein was able to get a floater. Um, you saw Randall under control. He was spinning, but he wasn't like, you know what I'm saying, Tasmanian devil shit. He was, he was spinning and he was spraying it out. As long as we keep being open, we keep getting open shots, I think we in a good position, man. So I, th I thought we figured out some things at the, at the end of game two, man. I thought we figured out some shit on defense, too, with Grimes. Grimes does a better job of going through screens than RJ and Obi, man. Like, I feel like Obi and, Obi and RJ, they die on screens too many times, man. Like, but I thought uh, Grimes and Hart did a good job of getting over those screens, man. So, obviously, they, they want to shoot 53 pointers a game, man. You know what I'm saying? And before game two, I posted on I posted on here. I was like, look, the only way we lose this game is if they fucking put up 21 threes. 
Because that's exactly what they want to do. And they got close. I think they hit 17. It might have been more. But I, I stopped counting that 17 because I was tight. You know what I mean? But so now that Jimmy Butler's coming back, they don't, they, they're not going to play like that. Because you saw what happened in Philly. You saw what happened with Philly and Boston when uh, MB was out. What they do, they spread the floor. They had a bunch of shooters out there, and they just jacked up a bunch of threes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Harden did his thing. But they're not going to be able to play like that with, with Jimmy back. You know what I mean? As long as we stop overhelping. Because I feel like at, at game one, we did a lot of fucking overhelping, a lot of doubling, sending multiple bodies at at, uh, at Butler. And I don't think we got to do that. Let Grimes and, and Hart play him straight up and stop these other dudes from, you know what I'm saying, jacking them threes all game. If we could do that, I think we in a good position, man. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, that's how I feel, man. I, I, and like I said, in the beginning, I wasn't optimistic at all, man. But I think we figured some things out at the end of the game too, man, for real. Nah, I definitely agree with you. And it's crazy that you do say that because I feel the same way. Like, I don't I don't think they'll be the same way just jacking up threes. I do feel like in game one, and I'm glad that you did reference that because in game one, we were overhelping, like, a lot of people tend to forget that. Forget these zones. Forget these coverages. Bro, what happened to one-on-one defense? Like, I don't care if you get blown by. Bro, be on your man like White on Rice, bro. Be on him like he owe you some money. It's playoff time. If if he goes south, you go south. He go north, you go north. He jump, you jump. He skip, you skip. Be on his ass, son. I don't understand how Tom Thibodeau, every time we get into – a new round or even just even the regular season, he forgets that aspect and you're supposed to be the defensive coach. That's what And oh, Butler, like Butler's not going to beat you off the dribble. Like, like Butler's not going to beat you off the dribble like that. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not, you know what I'm saying, the fastest dude. Yeah, he, he's a power. He plays with a lot of force, a lot of power. He draws a lot of fouls. But there's no there's no reason to send two, three bodies at this dude, trapping him. And as soon as they break the trap, it's an open three on the weak side. We ain't got to do that, man. Just play him straight up, lock up these other dudes. And, and one, one last thing. You would think that, you know, so we, we're going to figure out the zone eventually, man. Like, you could do that shit in a regular season. When, like, he, the Miami Heat probably played the highest percentage of zone out of, any, out of everybody. In a seven-game series, you got to think eventually we're going to figure that shit out. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's how I feel about that shit, man. I appreciate y'all letting me up, though. For sure, man. For sure, man. Thank you for uh, sharing. Oh, wow. Wifey, okay. Yeah, thanks for sharing uh, <laughs> your points, man. I actually agree with the whole one-on-one. I think we should be playing man-to-man in, in a lot of these situations. I love I love the job that Josh Hart did on him in, in game one. Um, Josh Hart definitely, he's like wiry strong, and he seems to have that core strength to take that initial bump from, uh, from Jimmy Butler and to be able to still be in good position to contest the shot. That's probably the, the piece that I really like, aside from his uh, lateral movement on Jimmy. Uh, all right, we're gonna kick it over to the next person. Uh, I believe it'll be uh, I'm gonna say his name is Ben because yeah, I want to say best since day one. And then when I go to his actual at name, I can't pronounce that, but I see Ben, so I'm gonna say Ben, ben. yeah, Saola, Ben Saola. I think yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna stick with Ben. <laughs> okay, hi, hi guys, thank you for having me. Uh, first of all, sorry for my English, I'm a Knicks fan from France. And um, but I really appreciate uh, your your account. I I follow. Uh, I see. And uh, in the first two games, I thought in the first game we were good with Obi Topin uh, in the starting five, 
and uh, we had uh, what like what uh, 13 point uh, advantage without our uh, obviously our best player and uh, i think we could live with that and uh, it was a 50-50 game uh, like uh, we were down 3 uh, at four quarter and Gabe Vincent had uh, this crazy uh, three and uh, i agree with the one on one defense and I think we should have uh, we should let uh, Jimmy Butler have his uh, 30-40, but don't overreact on the the others like Vincent. Just stay disciplined on the on the shooters. And if uh, Jimmy Butler has hit forty, and uh, the other ones uh, just uh, have around five or ten, uh, I think we'd be good because uh, I think Brunson in the fourth quarter is uh, amazing. Uh, Randall, if uh, if he he's good, maybe just average uh, nineteen and ten. Would be good, and uh, if RJ keeps uh, keeps doing well in the in the mid range, we we had a chance because even with our one of our all stars and the best player in the game one, uh, we were here. Uh, it's at the end um, we we fall apart, but uh, we were here. So I think I'm normally with the Knicks. I'm pessimist, but if we can get just one in Miami and get back to the Garden uh, with healthy players, we can do it. It's not going to be easy. Uh, we have the talents, but uh, we can do it. And just to, to get back to the tips, bit uh, to the tips and the sports trial battle, I think if we had a player like uh, Vincent, uh, Caleb Martin, and Robinson or Struess, uh, they w- wouldn't be a progress. They wouldn't have progress. Uh, like they have with Sportstar than with uh, Tibbs, even though no disrespect with Tibbs, he's a he's a great coach for us and uh, semi-finals is very good uh, uh, from now. Thank you, guys. Anytime, and we appreciate you, man. All the way from France, man. Salute to you. Salute to you. Salute yeah. to you. And your, and your English is your English is pretty good, man. You never have to be self-conscious about coming here, even if it's. Back. You know, like, we just appreciate you being here, man. Much love to you. Nah, that's a big fact, man. But the only thing I got to say before I hand it over to uh, my guy over here, Jake, you feel me? My Look at him. Still glowing from the good win from last uh, last series in the profile picture. I see you, bro. I see you. I wish we could have linked up when you he was here, man. For real, for real. I was at work, too. You should have just hit look at me up. Damn, I would Skin over glowing, there. man. Skin oh, glowing. Man. He's like, look at me now, bitches. I'm here. <laughs> like, but I have one concern though that's pissing me off. And the only thing that would fault us to losing this series, our bench gotta step the fuck up, bro. I'm sorry, bro. Like, this bench is ass, bro. So then that pivots my next question. But Jake, I want you to answer the first one, which is are you concerned or encouraged? But then also answer this. Where's Waldo? Where is IQ? Let me know. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me up. Um, am I concerned? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty concerned, man. Um, it's been about a game and a half that we've been outcoached, outschemed, and luckily they did not have enough gas in the tank enough personnel um max Struess got hurt and you know we gutted it out uh you know jalen brunson finally decided to wake up in that uh in the closing moments and put the game away but if that doesn't happen um and we go down to 2 i mean I, I think people need to really realize that outside of those 40 seconds closing the game it was a real possibility um and look 
everyone's talking about adjustments, right? To me, there's tiers of adjustments. Um, rotation adjustment is like the first tier. And when we see Tom Thibodeau make an adjustment, right? I'm using quotes over here on my, uh, on the other side of the phone adjustments. Um, is it an adjustment? Yeah. But I think that the way that they are attacking us defensively and offensively, um, it can probably be better optimized if you force them to move on defense and you actually, um, you know, set screens and, and, and get them moving. Um, I, I thought that the way that we were playing defense on them was just too conducive to what they wanted to do. Everything was no switch. Every, everyone had to stick with their man. And I, I get that that's the style of defense that Tom Thibodeau wants to play. However, I do think that the be- some of the best defense that we've played all year was when we just added Josh Hart and we were switching everything. And it was like a mesh screen. It was like you could not penetrate, you could not get through. And that is the one thing that this Miami Heat team does not have outside of Jimmy Butler is somebody who can actually get by their man and can, can you know create their own shot. We just gave them way too many good looks and good opportunities to just get no effort shots that were just, you know, uh, manufactured for them. So, and and look, another thing, another reason why I'm concerned is that say we make an adjustment scheme wise, say, say we start switching things, they will have another adjustment. Trust me, they will have another adjustment. As soon as you start switching everything, then they're going to start trying to take over, over mismatches. Then they're going to try and get bam on a smaller guy. And then they're going to start feeding him. Um, it's just, it's just how Spo has this team prepared. Um, if they do this, we're going to do that, and and he's willing to do it at any point in the game. Um, it's just unfortunate the way that we play that you know we're so married to you know only a few styles of play that we don't have the same flexibility. Um, and I think that goes on preparation. I think that goes on the players, of course, but it goes on the coach. And from what I've seen. You know, Tom Thibodeau is not really answering the call to outcoach uh, Eric Spolstra. It hasn't happened yet. Um, where's IQ? Um, look, man, I think that at this point of the postseason, it would be a plus if IQ could score like 10 points in a game. Um, I think that, again, the, the way that they're playing, um, I think that without Josh Hart and that bench unit has been hurting – uh, it because you know it, you know in terms of who can kind of glue that that offense on the bench together has been tough. It's a lot of it has been with IQ, and they're kind of doing the same thing that they're doing to Jalen Brunson to IQ. Right, they're playing the zone, but they'll flash up on, on the on the top of the perimeter to almost you know shut down any thought of getting into the paint. And once and once he does the Knicks don't run an offense where there's a lot of off ball movement. So if you're running a zone and you, and somehow IQ can penetrate and get to that top of the paint area, then everyone's converging on you. Then you either have to make a pass or make a tough shot. Um, I I do think that if he starts hitting the three, it'll open stuff up for him. 
And, you know, maybe the next game is, is when that happens. But again, he hasn't really answered the call. I think to expect it or to rely on it would be foolish at this point. I do think he can do it. Um, but I, I, I will say making a, making a simple switch of putting Grimes in the starting unit and putting Josh Hart back on the second unit might um, prove beneficial just, just so that there's a bit more veteran leadership organizing the offense. We know Josh Hart is, is a connector. So maybe maybe that's what we need. I don't know. But again, um, with IQ, it's been disappointing. I'm not going to rely on it. But as soon as that three starts falling and he starts hitting, I, I actually thought that this last game, even though he didn't score a bunch, that his shot profile and his decisions when to shoot was better. I know he, he kind of pulled up from three pretty deep a couple times, which maybe like one one too many for me. But, you know, I, I think just the decision-making to shoot when you get a certain look was, was much better. I think at the beginning of the playoffs, it was like he's kind of, you know, pissing down his leg, you know, a little bit. Like the, like the lights were a little bit too bright. Um, he looked flustered out there. And I think even though, again, uh, you know, the, the, the shot didn't fall, he looked more comfortable. So that's a positive sign. So I don't know. We'll see. Going into game three, though. Tom Thibodeau, I'm on your ass, bro. Make some fucking adjustments. Make some make some schematic tune tune in some some changes because especially the way that we're playing defense, that has to be priority number one. Because if you wanna if you wanna add Jimmy Butler to what was happening um, on uh, Tuesday, I mean it's gonna it's gonna be an issue. Eric Spolstra has no problem letting other people on their team beat you if you are going to disrespect and not close out or not not play uh, you know good defense on them. It doesn't always have to be on Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler sets great screens. I mean, I, I watched some of the Bucks series, and he was setting tons of screens. And with that busted leg, he might be doing more, more of the same. He might be a decoy. So, again, Nick's got to do better. I guess I'm happy. I mean, it's better than losing on Tuesday, but I was definitely not happy about it. Um, and I appreciate the, you know, the the glowing uh, reviews of, of of my profile pic, man. I'm, I, think <laughs> I, I think my wife would be real happy. You know, she got me a new skincare routine, so it might be working out. I don't know. Salute to her, man. My man, I ain't like, I'm back, bitches. Like, stop <laughs> playing with them. But it's like, a hot boy they, summer. It's a hot boy summer, man. Thanks. One thing I definitely want to uh, want to point out too that you said that I agree with. We have to change this rotation and we have to go deeper. This is a series that is like is the priority of this whole thing is defense, right? So I'm not understanding why Deuce is not playing. I'm not understanding why. I'm not understanding why in that first game Grimes only played three minutes. If I can see Grimes, I don't know who took the shot. I can't remember at this very moment. But if I can see Grimes lunge out and almost go for a putback and get it, but Mitch just got there before him to tap it out with this supposedly shoulder injury, yo, get this boy some more minutes, man, which he did. But I need him to get more minutes than that. Bro, he literally went for a putback with no problem. He can play. So, I'm going to need Josh Hart. I know he's holding down Jimmy Butler. 
And the fact that you trusted Grimes enough to be in game two, I need Grimes to get back in that starting lineup, bro. I need Josh Hart back on that bench. Why? Because that's the added boost that IQ needs, bro. He gets to play off ball with Josh Hart. And a lot of people don't understand. That's the reason why he was able to go crazy. Because he was able to go back to being off ball. IQ is showing us like, yeah, he's a point guard when he's in a starting lineup. But when he's on the bench, he's off ball IQ. Josh Hart likes to facilitate anyway. Switch this shit up, Tom. Switch it up. Switch it up. But look. We got new speakers. Salute to you again, Jake. Jake, yo, your new take from now on. You need to put that as your slogan on your bio. We back, bitches. All right, just make sure you put that back. But look, we got I new have never said that in my life, so I will not do that. But I <laughs> he said I have never said it in my life. I'm crying. But like again, we got new speakers. So Will, I see you was up first, Alex. I'm gonna go to you next. But Will, what up, bro? What's going on, y'all? Hope uh, hope y'all doing well. Uh, I just wanted to, uh, I heard a few things that uh, Jake was saying, and I heard a few things that you were saying. I just wanted to, um, you know, speak on that. Um, so with Grimes, Grimes is one of, my, one of my favorite young guys on the team. I don't necessarily think that it is whether he's starting or, is, or whether it's him coming off the bench. To me, I think, it's a, I think it's a confidence thing that he has going on. because, And I'm not saying that these things happen because Julius Randle was out, but when we closed out the season, those last seven or eight games, I believe he averaged about 22, five and five. That's amazing. The confidence that he had to put the ball on the floor, to be able to make plays and, and get other people involved. I want to see that from him. And I want to see the same things from IQ as well. It's, it's, it's tough because going to Miami, that's when you need our, our role players to be able to, to step in and fill in those spots because it's always going to be tougher to win on the road. And we've seen it. And, um, so I want to see Grimes get that confidence back, whether he's starting or whether he's coming off the bench. Because I noticed that with it, like even in the first playoff series with Cleveland, in those first two games, he took three shots, didn't drive to the basket, didn't put the ball on the floor, took a few bad shots when it wasn't necessary. And I want to see more of him being able to not necessarily create his own shot off the dribble, but make that backdoor cut, make that extra, that intangible play, you know, um, I want to see that more of him because now it's been like he's been standing in the corner. I know he had a he had a play where he um, I think that was his only two points of the game. The last game we won, where I heart threw the um, the Kevin Love pass that they were calling it. That's bullshit. You know they were calling it the Kevin Love pass, and he caught the N one on the layup. But they, I want to see more of that from him, kind of being able to just to just to pick apart and do the small things that aren't happening and. Maybe take a page out of Josh Hart's uh out of Josh Hart's book because that's exactly what we need coming from the um from our wings from our guards that are playing off ball that can facilitate that can do the extra that can make the extra pass. So I want to see more of that from him, and I think when when we have that from guys like him and guys like Hart, it, the game opens up for players like IQ as well and for Obi. Um, and uh, I also wanted to talk about um. Jimmy Butler. Hold on. Before you go to the Jimmy Butler thing, I got go ahead, bro. Go ahead. I got a question for you. So we're, we're saying all that, right? With Quentin yeah. Grimes. Can we say that Tom Thibodeau made at least one adjustment, but where he at least gave Quentin Grimes confidence, where he trusted him? Like, look, I know RJ had a good game, but I need defense right now. I know you haven't played. I know you was hurt, but yo, finish it out. Do you think that that will, um, transition in the game three 
I believe it can. Um, but it, it, I don't I don't know what his mindset is, to be honest with you, because your coach can instill all the confidence in the world in you. But when you get out there and you on the floor, what how are you going to react to to the bright lights or to the to the pressure of it being your your first your first playoff run? So I want to say yes, but then, I mean, that's just me being, you know, a little bit of a biased Nick fan, I, you know. So I I would if Tibbs is giving him the confidence, then great, you know, make it count. You know, he's, he believes in you. He puts you on the floor to finish that game, finish that game and do what you know you're supposed to be doing. Keep that same confidence that you had when those players were out and you had to step in. It should be the same thing for you. You know, the opportunities might not be might not come as much as it did when certain players were out and certain players were injured. But you can still do that on a smaller scale and still do what was needed for your team. So that, you know, that's how that's that's my take on that. I hope that answers your question well enough, bro. No, 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 no. Definitely, 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 definitely. But continue, continue. Is that Jimmy Butler? So and so with Jimmy, um, I'm concerned because motherfuckers got oh, what they played on. They played on Tuesday and they ain't playing till Saturday, bro. Jimmy Butler might come back and he's, you know, that's at three thirty. At three thirty, look at three thirty. ABC, everybody. Yeah. ABC, not MSG, because I don't try it. I don't look. You ain't getting that no more. So if they say ABC, go to ABC three thirty Saturday. I right? continue. Yes, sir. So I'm just, you know, for Jimmy Butler to get more rest and be able to, you know, get more days than usual to come back, you know, after uh, heading heading home. I think a healthy Jimmy Butler is going to be tough because when we saw what we saw in game one, he did give Jalen Brunson a lot of trouble, but Julius Randle will be back. So I'm interested in seeing if they're going to put Jimmy on, on Randle and, and they're going to have to pick their poison. So it's, I'm just, I'm interested in seeing because he was a menace on defense in game one. It was very difficult to, um for Jalen Brunson to get to his spots, having another big body that wouldn't let him, you know, do his post phase and, for him to get to to his free throw line and kind of back that player down. So I want to see – I'm interested in seeing how Jimmy Butler is going to perform and who he's going to guard and what Tibbs is going to do to get Jimmy off of those matchups because we have – we can exploit so many different spots on that floor depending on who's guarding who. And it just depends on if we get that ball movement and, and if we and if we don't um, – if we don't fall into the iso ball too much. But if, you know, if Jalen Brunson got it going in the fourth, by all means, my man, go to work just like you did last game, you know? But um, I want to see how Tibbs is going to, you know, use his coaching IQ and make sure that he gets certain players out, you know, take them out of the defense. So, um, yeah, man, Jimmy Butler, he's going he, – he might give us some trouble depending on how healthy he feels on sat, come Saturday afternoon, man. But um, that's all I got, man. This is, this is my first time in these spaces, and I'm glad that I get to, uh, you know – hear from a lot of people that actually know what they're talking about man this is this is nice so i'll be back for sure definitely definitely we appreciate that you come up here for the first time that's lit yeah man it's nothing like the first time man you're always invited man always invited i appreciate Um, it go ahead mute mine so y'all do y'all thing too all right bet bet hey i just wanted to double back uh to jake um Man, loved your take from top to bottom. But I just wanted to ask, like, what specifically, if you were Jake Thibodeau, you know what I'm saying? No disrespect. Um, what are the kind of things and actions that you would try to run to get IQ going? 
Look, man, you can't call me Jake Thibodeau and then say no disrespect. That is highly disrespectful. <laughs> I'm just playing. Oh, God. Um, look, man, I think it's tough with with the Heat playing zone, right? So I would say stop dribbling so much, one. Uh, pass the ball up. Uh, attack the zone when you can. And, and look. I think IQ's float game is is really crucial when attacking his own because if you can move, 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 and then get the ball, hit hit that opening in the zone, and then get right to the edge of the paint, I think that's a great opportunity to pull up for the floater. And, um, you know, uh, I, I guess I take advantage because you still got Hartenstein there. Um He's going to be pinched in between the the zone between the center and the wing, so it sh- it should grant you some space. Or um, say you penetrate and the strong side collapses on you from from that wing, then you should have a wide open pass to to just make an easy play. But it's it it's more than just you know trying to find shots for IQ if they're going to play zone, um, which I don't see a reason still why they would come off of it. Um, so it's just, it's going to be about patience. It's going to be about making the right pass, not trying to do too much. And I I still think that if, if he can hit the three ball, it'll open things up because then it forces the, the, the zone you're in to come out more. And once you come out more, I mean, IQ is very skilled at beating his, his defender, uh, with, with the added strength that he's had, you know, you know, he's quick. And um and all of those factors. So I would I would rely on those things. Hey, r- real quick. Yeah, go ahead, jump in, bro, bro. I think to get IQ off, I think you got to put him on the floor with Hartenstein, man. The way to break that zone is you put Hartenstein right there at the free throw line and let him play make. He's one of the better passing big men. You know what I'm saying? Not even I mean, oh, babe, definitely the best big man on the team, but in the NBA as far as making passes, man. So I would put Hartenstein at the free throw line. You know what I mean? And see if we can get IQ off like that. Plus, I also think IQ found his his spaces on the floor in the fourth quarter, man. He had that floater and he had that pull-up that pull up jumper, man. So I, I think IQ's going to figure it out. But definitely, if you want him to get off in that zone, put Hardenstein or Randall at the free throw line and let him play, mate. I, I, I agree, Rick. Yeah, honestly speaking, and shout-outs to you too, Jake, because this thing, uh, this, this interview – question that you put up about Josh Hart and the threat I actually didn't this and it's crazy that when I spoke on it I didn't get to see this so it was like damn he even knows uh, what same, I'm saying. same thing bro I, I, yeah I was, it was like I was yo like, bro like <laughs> yo bro I promise you like I'm not making this up I'm not trying to be funny I didn't see this at all so it's like the fact that me and Josh Hart the player is on the same page like yo you it's something gotta happen like Josh Hart is the key to IQ. IQ needs to play off ball during this playoff run. We don't need point guard IQ. We need points, right? We need production. If we want that off the bench, we need off ball IQ. That's the best part about IQ. And I think that's the problem with him within himself. He doesn't know whether he has to be off ball or go get a bucket. And then the fact that when he feels he has to go get a bucket, in most situations, is always in a, uh, a situation where we're down and we're trying to get the lead back versus trying to, like, add on to the lead, which is the sad part. So I understand the pressure when it comes to that. But, Ray, let me slide it to you. What's the yeah, next man. question on the board, bro? 
actually before we even before we go there, man, um when it comes to IQ, man, I agree with what everybody here said. I'm gonna be honest with you. I agree with that. One of the reasons why I feel like um actually forget that. You guys already spoken about that exhaustively. The piece I want to get at is how Josh showed this leadership and kind of jumped in front of the bullet that, or the bullets that, you know, IQ rightfully earning with, by shit in the bed, essentially this entire time. Like, and, you know, he comes in and says, I need to do a better job of, you know, and taking on that responsibility. I feel like that's a facet of like leadership that we haven't seen in the, from players in the organization in a while, you know, like JB leads in his own way. Uh, Randall leads in his own way. I, I think quickly is like a young leader. He leads in his own way, but like just that facet of being able to like try to get some grace, you know, try to take some of the heat off of the young player, some of the responsibility off his shoulders. Um, I feel like that's, that's pretty dope as a teammate. You know, I, I don't need anyone to jump in front of bullets for me, but I know if, my coworker did, you know, I would feel a sense of like uh, appreciation and belonging, right? Like, oh, this person really believes in me. They care about me. So hopefully that, that continues to build the camaraderie on the team. And Yo, the Ray, next, yeah. I think I, I like, I like what you said about Josh Hart. Cause I was thinking the same thing. And I feel like he made the adjustment easy for Tibbs, put Josh Hart back on the bench, let him run with IQ and the boys, man, like we did in the regular season. No, I totally agree. I definitely totally agree. And another thing I definitely want to, like, just commend before we even get into this next topic, because I got a feeling this topic don't got nothing to do with what I'm about to say. So, shout out to Randall. I thought I was going to get mad ISO play. The fact that he came in and finally, for the first time in this season, looked at the game and understood, oh, shit, I got help. Bro. The fact that he was reacting on double team so fast, the fact that he was driving to the paint, he was like, oh, Mitch, right this. Easy. Get that bread, bro. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, I, I'm like, I didn't know what to say. I was just like, do what you do, Randall. Do what you do. Yo, I totally agree with you. And that's why I said yesterday, I feel like uh, injured Randall is the best version of Randall. Because I feel like, no. you know, he, I know he's a little bit hindered. I agree, bro. Physically. I agree. So he's playing with his he playing with the mentals now. So I like I, I agree with you on that. And it's the fact that um and don't worry, Ariel, I see you. And you know, you know the vibes, bro. I don't like that hand shit, bro. Put that hand down. You good. I see you, bro. <laughs> I see you put that hand down. That shit is not cool. That shit is mad, ugly, and annoying. Like, ah, put that out. Ah. Yellow like hand that is crazy. Like from now on, when you come up here and you want to speak, just wave. Send a wave. And I'm like, I bet, I got you. Like, yeah, that's better. Don't send multiple though, because then I'm gonna be like, you annoying. But other than that, you feel me? Um, yo, we, we got to give credit where it's due. Like, I didn't expect that from Randall at all. And it's it was very needed. It was very, very needed. But without further ado, let's just keep the conversation going because I want to know what Ray is going to send us next for these questions because he actually came up with the whole panel today of the questions I just got the inside scoop fill information for y'all. So you know how the tag team duo do. What you got for us, Ray? Oh, man, Trippy, you ain't got to single me out like that, man. We did this together. Yeah, I got, the together. I got the inside skill, your information. <laughs> you, me? you come up with the topics, we get busy, baby. Tag team duo. All right, all right, all right. So, man, 
a feel good topic, man, or at least it should be. Let's talk about RJ, man. Let's talk about RJ. I have some thoughts on RJ, but I really want to hear what everybody else, how everyone else feels about him and his performance in the playoffs thus far. Um, and, you know, even go back to the season if you want to, you know, compare, contrast. How are you feeling about his contributions to the team right now? I'm going to actually kick it over to Ariel. And then also, you know, get get your other shit off too, man. If you have some other stuff you want to talk about on other topics, like let us know. But at the same time, man, what's good with RJ? How you feel about him? Hold up. Before yeah, Ariel even going. say nothing. Before Ariel even say nothing. What's good, bro? The fact that oh. as soon as we said RJ and Rels pulled back up so fast. Rels. Bro, look at that. We say RJ. Rels pulled up. Cash pulled up. Look at that. Live. Love y'all. Love y'all. I fuck with y'all. Yo, salute to y'all. I'm glad y'all pulled up. I just got to make fun of it real quick. But go ahead, Ariel. Go ahead. Talk your shit. Yeah, man. What's going on, man? What's up, BKE? Got another vibes with up, Ray? What up, Trip? I see you, T, down there. I see you, Rels. What's good? My VSN family. And um, I definitely had to touch on this RJ topic because you guys know that that's my guy. And um, I've been critical of him during the season as well, just like everybody else. I just wasn't with all the overboard shit people were saying. Y'all got to realize this, man, with RJ, right? RJ usually is used to being either the number one or number two option his whole fucking life. This guy came into a new role at 22 years old, learning how to be a third option. That's not easy, especially playing in the Mecca. Like, that jersey is the heaviest jersey to wear in the NBA. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. It's just a fact. And for him to step up the way he has been doing in the playoffs, I, I love it because it's basically like it's kind of like shutting up all the people up that was calling him a bum, calling him Kyle Anderson, and all kind of wild shit that I was hearing. And y'all remember when we was in the um, watch party when everybody was going barkers on RJ. I'm like, listen, man, the whole team played like shit. Y'all got to stop scapegoating RJ. Yes, he played bad, but the whole team's playing bad. And for him to step up when we needed him, and especially with all the criticism he was getting, um, you just gotta give a give a big up to him, man. This dude is 22 years old. He's already over uh touched over the 5,000 point plateau, which is not easy to do at that age. And um, I'm just loving the way he he's um you know he's he's driving more. Um, his three point shot, while it's not consistent still, they, um, he's starting to find. This is, it seems like he's starting to like find a groove on that aspect of his game. And um, it just seems like he just he just, he just turned it around, man. He just turned his whole his whole game around and and I love the way he you know he just transitioned transitioned into you know playing his role man and he's actually stepping up I actually want to see him get more plays run for him um you know he's a, he's actually a guy that you know he gets out on the you know he leaks out you know he's a he's a slasher um if he develops his mid-range game and um you know even if, if he shoots the three-point at a decent clip man I think the sky's the limit for this kid uh he, he can do a lot of different things man and um you know he's just bringing it when it matters the most and we all know man Playoffs is where it matters the most. That's where you make a name for yourself. And he's getting a lot of respect more from the media. And um, I'm glad that fans are coming back around and giving him the respect that he deserves. Because, um, you know, he didn't deserve a lot of disrespect that he was getting, especially on the on the timeline and on Twitter. Um, I think people are going overboard with their reactions. And, uh, you know, I just I just think that's God's the limit for the kid. I think you know, we got to hold on to him, can't give up on him. And I just keep, uh, let him keep getting better. And as far as the, the Quigley situation... You can tell that he's pressing a little bit. You can tell that, you know, a lot of times he goes into the paint, he's second-guessing himself. He's not trusting his floater, which is shocking to me because that's really what he's what he's really good at is with that little floater game. 
And he's like double, double questioning himself. We just need him to be more confident. More, you know, I think, I think confidence is an issue. And we got to remember a lot of these kids, like some of them is it's their first playoff series. I know it's not quickly's first playoff series, but you know, the, that, that team, you know, it was, it was COVID and it was a different year. Um, so essentially this is like, you know, basically the big stage with all the fans, everything like that. It's a different ball game. So I think the kid will step up. No, I'm not going to give up on him either. I'm not going to throw him off the bridge. Um, these kids got us here. We got to remember, we got to go with what got us here. We can't just throw it out in you know, the toilet just because, you know, we're having a little rough stretch, you know, because everybody screams development. But, you know, this is a part of development, you know, and even in the playoffs, you got seasoned veteran stars that fuck up in the playoffs and they're no shows a lot of times. You know, this is this doesn't happen. We're just at the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? So I just think that these kids need to just stay consistent, stay confident. Um, and IQ needs to just um, trust his trust his game more. I mean, you do like you almost want six man of the year, um, and we need you to care. We need that because we wouldn't be in a situation that one on one if if the bench at least played a little decent because we're literally getting nothing from the man. We you know we lost by you know a few points game one. Obviously, not having Julius there was a big factor. Like I've been telling people, and um, I think having Julius back healthy, there's I mean if you look at that game in game two, there's nobody that could really guard him. You know, what I'm saying Bam, Bam can't stay with him, and and just same thing with Brunson. I just think uh, we just got to continue to knock down the shot consistently. We did it in the fourth quarter, and that's when it matters the most. Cause we all know the game, the real game, goes starts for the last five minutes. And what they did was they locked down. They got guys off their rhythm, man. We all knew that Maxi Struess and Gabe Vincent is not going to shoot like that all night. You know, those, those guys are streaky shooters. They're not like knockdown consistent shooters. You know what I mean? So uh, I was glad that we came came out with the win. And uh, one thing we got to stop doing is stop telling people how to fan, man. I see a lot of people that was negative all year, wrong all year, calling us a playing team. Then they pushed it to if we don't get out of a first round, it's not a successful season. And they're telling us to chill out, you know. And I'm like, dude, like we're three games away from the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, I mean, you like how how is that not how is that not like a successful season? You know what I'm saying? Because we weren't even supposed to be there. So for us coming this far to me already, the season is success. And do I want more? Yes, because you know I got a little taste of it. So now I want us I want us to push it to the limit. You know, because either way, even if we do get limited, which I don't think is going to happen. I think that is a stressful season because, like, we weren't even supposed to be here. We're supposed to be a play-in team. Nobody gave us a shot. They thought Cleveland was better than us. Still, people think Miami's going to beat us, and I think the Knicks are better served for the role of being an underdog because my whole life being a Knicks fan, every time that we got counted out is when we did a lot of we made noise. So I think we just got to keep going in this, this trajectory. We got a young team. We got some picks. We got um, we got two superstars. To me, in my eyes, we got two superstars. We got, we got an all-star who still don't know, you know, what his ceiling is going to be. And um, you know, we got we got a lot of good talent on this team, man. We just gotta develop it, continue to um be so you know, be successful. Um, you know, take the bumps in the road and just um God, man, just lace up your boots, man. It's New York. But the Tim's on it, we gotta um take one in Miami or even take two. Let's go next. You know the vibes, bro. Fire take. But look, here's the thing, right? I don't even gotta ask him if he's like like uh concerned or encouraged because with that whole detailed answer we know he's encouraged you feel me he's not worried at all okay he's not worried but let's shoot this over to my guy cash my guy how you been how you feeling before you go ahead and answer and come up i'm gonna give you the topics real quick just so you gotta spill and you can answer in any order which way you see uh fit you got the 
a surgence of RJ. You have where's Waldo and IQ. And are you concerned or encouraged by this Knicks win? Um, great questions, by the way. And shout out to you, Trip, and everybody in there. Um, RJ's RJ's been this type of player. Um, I, there's, no, there's there's really nothing new from him that I'm seeing. Um, it's just that he's able to put it together on the court, you know, on the biggest stage in the world. And for me, right, it's it comes more to like, is he getting the recognition that he deserves? Because you know, throughout the course of the season, he hasn't he hasn't had a great season. Um, but for the playoffs, um, without without him, let's let's be honest, we're we don't move on to the second round. Um, Julius Randle was hurt. Um, you had Jalen Brunson. You know he he he's been a steady hand, but you know on the defensive side of the ball, um, to me personally, he's he's been um you know a detriment to the team. And until he can step up on that end, um, you know it's it's it, this series is gonna 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 go a lot longer than it should. Because I think that the Knicks are more talented than the Heat, um, but the Heat are just so much, you know, more well coached. Um, their their discipline levels to a next level. They're they're like a mirror image of the Knicks as far as you know playing hard. Um, they're like the evil brother and shit like that, you know. But they play a lot more dirty, you know. And and they're they're tested. Been in the playoffs past four years, conference finals, finals. You know, th- this is a team that's that that's you know. As far as camaraderie, they have a lot more than what we do. Um, but when it comes down to R.J. Barrett, I think I think most of us felt like he was going to be the X factor in the series, right? If he plays well, then then this team can progress and get and get a lot better. Um, as far as like I'm I'm looking at like you know like uh, what the New York Knicks post and shit like that. Like it's always like um, and the MSG politics and, and shout out to South for that. They're always posting Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle. Um, Quentin Grimes, um, Hart and I Hart, you know, you don't really see like the others, like even Mitchell Robinson, they don't, they don't really be posting up a lot quickly. OB, like, you know what I mean? They have like their, their core group. And if you look at the Fred Katz tweets, um, Ian Begley tweets, like it's just their main guys. Right. And when RJ Barrett has a good game, like last game, did you really see any, any news on RJ Barrett and and his performance in that uh, first quarter? No, <laughs> like nothing. Like he didn't even get a shout out like that, man. And and that's disturbing to me, man. It's and and for me, like and for him to not play the fourth quarter, um, in that game, I felt like that was like, like a slap in the face because it's like, what do you, how do you reward a guy, you know, who's been taking you to the next level this entire time? And like for me, I would feel some type of way, and I can only un- I can only feel like how a young man would feel at that point. You know, it's crazy to add to that, mm-hmm. bro. Just, you know, shout-outs to Jalen Rose mm-hmm. just for even bringing it up about R.J. Barrett, Kendrick Perkins. Yeah. You know, shout-outs to them. Like, at least some type of media outlet brought up this young man's name. Because it's like, bro, mm-hmm. even though he got sat in the fourth and a lot of people try to – once he got sat, they discredit everything else. It's like, bro, yeah. did he not go off? Did we not do the usual defer – defer away from RJ when he was going off like bro this is the game this is the game in the series to where RJ can literally give us 40 points a game if they if he wants to easily yeah so I don't really understand in it but hey it is what it is you know what's crazy that like RJ basically always has good games against the heat mm-hmm. so I, I definitely feel you on that yeah he could have had 30 in that third quarter if they if they would have just kept feeding him the rock playing through him and things like that. And Julius Randle was playing well too. I thought that with the effort between 
um, him and R.J. Barrett together, they they were they were holding you know holding the game down because we because that first that first half the entire first half Jalen Brunson was was absolutely I, I was calling for Jalen Brunson to be benched at that point. That's how bad he was playing. Um, but obviously Jalen Brunson went off in, in the second half offensively, but I, I didn't see him elevate the team. I saw him pretty much elevating himself and getting the win. But this, these are, these have been my concerns um, throughout the season. You know, for a player that caliber, you know, he's he's got for me, he's got to be more of a facilitator. And you know, and you know, I'm sorry, my bad. Oh yeah, I'm getting a lot of feedback from the back button. Can mute that. Yo, Cash, I agree with basically like everything you mm-hmm. said. But the only thing when you say about Jalen Brunson is it's not true. Is that I, I know why he does that because if you really watch the game, like he's he's feeding guys. He was feeding guys in that game too, but a lot of guys weren't hitting their shots. So his mentality is like, all right, if y'all not gonna do it, then fuck it. I'm gonna I'm put the, the rock in my eyes and I'm gonna get us this bucket because we can't afford that shit in the playoffs. Yeah, I overanalyze. Yeah, I overanalyze. And my bad, Ref. You can just mute the mic real quick. I'm getting like feedback. Um, a lot of a lot of I overanalyze Jalen Brunson and I look at who he passes to, and a lot of the times it's 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 Hart or or Randall. You know what I mean? I try to I, like I look at the game. Um, last game specifically, like I saw so many times where you know Obi Toppin was just ridiculously wide open, where he where Jalen's um taking you know bringing the double team, he's in the paint and Obi's like literally right behind him, no defender in, in sight. You know what I mean? Where he makes or misses the shot, that's the right shot. You know what I'm saying? That's the right shot to make. But besides that, man, um, I wasn't I wasn't happy. Like for the other question that you asked, I wasn't happy um or ecstatic about the win. I, it didn't put faith in me. Um, about the win because of the caliber players that are out there. Um, I thought that this win should have been more handedly. But at the same time, this is this is who the Knicks are because they play under the competition. If you look at the beginning of the season, you know, when they're playing like the Charlotte Hornets, the Pacers, or whoever it is, like they've always been close games. And, you know, even you can even say Orlando and things like that. <clears throat> they've always p- played, you know, to the competition level, which is which is weird. You know, they didn't really start uh, hitting their stride until the end of the season where they were, they were just, you know, blowing teams out at that point and going on nine-game winning streaks and shit like that. So, um, but besides that, like, I just feel like R.J. Barrett's the most important player. Um, and if we're going to progress, I mean, we I, – not, not that he – not that you got to give him the recognition, but you got to, you know, continuously play through him. Um, I like the fact that he's, he's, you know, a playmaker on top of being a scorer. He does get tunnel vision. And if he continuously, you know, looks for the right basketball play, we're going to make it to the next round. You know what I mean? Like, we need him. We need him out there. Um, Jalen Brunson, if he's just going to be, you know, the scorer, you know, like, at least at least pick it up on the defensive end and, you know, let Randall and, and RJ facilitate <clears throat> going down the stretch. And for me, I think I think that they get to the next level. This this is a this is a bloodbath type of type of series because you know they both play hard they, they both play dirty and they both play tough and even when we win I mean we might you know we, we might be so bruised and beat up that you know the next series will be even tougher we might even lose a guy you know what I mean that's that like this is this is the team I didn't want to see I would have rather the Bucks um just because of that physicality levels it's just a lot different but we're gonna see what happens man but shout out to the Knicks man shout out to you guys Cash guys what's up I wanted to ask based on what you're saying. There is super bad feedback right now. Is that Ariel? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. All right, word up. Uh, I want to ask based on what you're saying because I want to see the same thing. I think, and I think all three of our main guys do it. RJ Randall and uh, Brunson at times, especially like later in the game. 
how much would you actually put it on tips that they don't necessarily all actually look to dish or pass out at certain points to avoid like the whole like low turnover don't necessarily make an average difficulty pass when you have a when you have a shot you could take whether it's an easy shot or not like avoiding passing to Obi when it seems like he's open or Brunson di- uh, driving and then getting to a spot and even though he has like a wide open cross court three that he could potentially make he just goes to take the fade away like how much do you put on the coach as opposed to them uh, necessarily putting on tunnel vision um, I put everything on the coach I think the players should just be an extension of, of what the coach uh, what the coach wants. Um, so the coach is always going to be number one in my book and then the player second because they're the ones who have to execute the game plan. Um, but I, I can't really I can't really harp on Julius Randle because he's just trying to get back in rhythm at this point. You know, what I mean, he's been out and, and and for him, he's he's an extremely, extremely rhythm player. Like, I think that, you know, if you ever watch Julius Randle, you know, obviously everybody in his watch Julius Randle, but like he's usually the first one to get going. Right. You got to You got to make if he has like these light out, you know, from three or, you know, lights out games from, from two or whatever, like they usually win the ball game. Right. Because he just gets, gets in these spurts where he just can't miss. Right. And then he has games where he can't fucking buy a shot. But um, if he's like the extreme rhythm player, like to the max, so if you can get him going uh, most of the time, you're going to, you're going to win these games. You know what I mean? Um, He's never, he's never been like this, this crazy facilitator, but you know, if he can average five assists during the course, course of a game, you know, RJ five assists, you know, Brunson five, six assists. Um, I think that's enough to get over the hump and, and, and win these games. Uh, I, I have a question uh, about the, the the assist total of, of Brunson. I think is a little bit low. Does it concern or, or not for, for you? For me, it does. Because he for me, he has the capability of averaging 12 assists and elevating the, the entire team. Um, his style of play as a point guard or, or being the lead guard, whatever you guys want to call him. Um, for me, he's more of a scorer than he is a point guard. So um, I think that everybody needs to touch the ball. They need to play a little bit more of a team basketball because when you have a Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, and um, and Jalen Brunson, they can, get, they can get pretty ISO heavy. And I think that slows down the defense a lot. And then if you're going to get into this half-court game, um, that plays into where the heat, and pretty much any other team, if you if you got to slow down the pace and everything like that, that plays into the other team. I think that if t- this team plays a little bit faster, get the ball moving, get the defense moving, and another thing, they play heavy zone, and that's how you break a zone. You make you, you make passes, right? You get the defense on the heels, you get the moving, you try to get a little mini, try to get that open three, get a clear lane when you when you bring out the four and the five. You know what I'm saying? And and that's that's how you break a zone. So. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see if they change their style of play. I don't think that they do, but if they can, if they can facilitate um, as a collective, then they should be okay. Yeah, I got, I got, I got a question about Barrett. Not really a question, more like a statement. Like for the last couple of days, I keep hearing people. People seem like they take it real personal that RJ got benched. But if you watch, if you watch the third, third in the beginning of the fourth quarter of that game, him and Obi were dying on every screen. You sound like Grimes, IQ, um, Hart, they're amazing at, you know what I'm saying, at going through screens, at not dying on the screen. And that's all Miami's doing off ball is running screens for these dudes so they can get open three-pointers. And that's why he got benched, man. It had nothing to do with, you know what I'm saying, Thibodeau. And I know we all look at Thibodeau through the lens of, you know what I'm saying, we don't trust the dude. But I don't have a problem with him getting benched last game, man. Because he was dying on every single screen, leading the open threes. Him and Obi were getting cooked. Yeah, he was cooking on offense in the first half, man. But at that point in the game, we needed stops. 
And it seemed like we could never get a stop. Caleb Martin, every time he gave Vincent, gave Vincent it was a nonstop parade of open three pointers in the third, in the third, in the beginning of the fourth quarter, man. So look, I love RJ as much as the next dude, but I don't seem to take it as personal as you know. What I'm saying a lot of Knicks fans, I feel like we take it mad personal whenever RJ, whenever you know, we feel like RJ is getting done dirty. The fact of the matter is, look, you got Brunson, RJ, and Julius out of all three high usage dudes, man. Like you, all three of them are not going to get off at the same time, which is why I like the recipe of last game where RJ got his and then Julius got his. And then I'd rather have Brunson. I'd rather have Jalen Brunson with the ball in his hands, you know what I'm saying, when it's closing time, because I trust him probably the most. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he got low assists, but you had Hart almost had a triple double. Julius almost had a triple double. So and we had 24 assists. They had 23. So I don't have a problem with, you know what I'm saying, in that in that regard. Like, yeah. But, yeah, but, but you know what? The the reason why his assist number so a lot of especially on that game, like he was I hitting, see, I, see. People were missing shots though. And, and Rick, can I can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question, Rick? Yeah, yeah. Who, who do you feel was actually playing good defense in in these games in this series? Because for me, I can go down the list and I can tell you that even, all the way down to Mitchell Robinson, they've been playing terribly on the defensive end. I mean, Brun- Brunson. I think you just hit the mate. Rick, you just muted yourself on accident. Uh, to answer his question, I think Grimes played relatively well in the second half of the second game, and that's part of the reason why he was out there. I would rather them do more R.J. Grimes offense defensively like what would end up doing uh, late in the third and fourth quarter, but Tibbs doesn't do that as much for some reason. And then Ihart played a phenomenal game defensively. He made up yeah, for a I lot of the fact so, that Mitch so did but that. But for me, uh, it's just so like, yo, though. why don't you just play R.J. fucking Hart, Ihart, you know, Brunson and Randall? Like, that's just like, you know, fuck it. I think part of the spacing with that lineup, because you got Julius, who's an eye shooter, RJ, who's an eye shooter, you know what I'm saying, at heart. I don't think you can play those three guys on the floor that many minutes. You got to have Grimes out there to open up. That's why in the fourth quarter, Brunson was able to cook. You know what I'm saying? He was able to post up. I think it was Struce a couple of times and get to his turnaround because he had more space because Grimes is out there. I don't think a heavy dose of Julius, uh, RJ, and Hart is a good lineup, if you try, especially if you're trying to break a zone. Yeah, I understand all that. I definitely get it. But hold on, let's let uh, let's let Miss T definitely chime in because I know she definitely got some spills about that. How you feeling, Miss T? I'm good, Trippy. I am. You know, I was working on my article, and uh, I said I wasn't going to speak. Ray asked me to speak. So I'm going to speak. Said I wasn't going to cuss. But then I started hearing people talk about benching. Okay. Let us get one thing straight, people. This is the second round. Okay. This is the Eastern Conference semifinals. The only player on that team Okay, who has history is Jalen Brunson. Okay, now the fact that it's the second round, you're trying to win, baby. Okay, so if a player is sitting down, okay, it's because another player is helping us win, it is not called the benching. Okay. It is only those of us, okay, who are ignorant 
I said those of us who are ignorant to the fact that it will take anything and everything for us to win are going to be bitching about benching. You can be sure that R.J. Barrett wasn't bitching about, especially since they won the game. Okay? They won the game. Right now, the New York Knicks should be thinking about nothing but how to keep Jimmy Butler out of the game. Everybody's saying we can't win if Jimmy Butler's playing. All right? Jimmy Butler wasn't in the game. It should have been a blowout. Okay? Julius Randle didn't play game one, and they only won by seven points. They would not have won that game had the Knicks uh, made their free throws. All right? All of this talk, all of this talk, got to do this, that, this, that, that. Keep in mind that they're babies. Keep in mind. That this is, and I will give this because my son has told it to me several times. It's going to be in my article. This is uncharted territory. Okay? Babies are walking around behind Jalen Brunson with his little stick and his little flag. This is the way we go. Okay? Jalen Brunson is being led by his coach. Now, I don't always agree with Tibbs, okay? But what he did in the fourth quarter, we won the game, okay? We won the game. We won it by the skin of our ass, but we won the game. He is playing up against a, how many times did Eric Spolstra win the, uh, uh, how many times did he win the championship? Twice. Thank you, sir. How many times did Tom Thibodeau win it? Zero. Okay. Well, he did win it with Boston as an assistant coach. But not as a head coach. Therefore, no, he did not. Okay. Folks. This is your team. How many times do I have to get up here and say, all they need is for us to be positive about them. That's what they need right now. Okay? They don't, they, they, have you looked at them? Have you seen how they played? Okay, let me tell you something. You know what Obi Toppin had? He had one rebound. One rebound for the game. But he was doing so much more. Stats say he had one rebound. But Obi was running all over the place. They all were running all over the place. The first game, this game, a little better. Okay? The all-star. Of the series, the all-star in this series, there's not not a whole bunch of them. Julius Randle, we have the all-star 
okay? Jimmy Butler ain't no fucking all-star. We have the all-star, okay? Media going around, you know. You say that. My son said it. I didn't say it, okay? That's what they're doing. We can't listen to that BS. We can't turn on our team. Remember, this is uncharted territory. Uncharted territory. What these kids need right now, in my opinion, is Johnny Bryant. Okay? They need the coach that will uh, assuage their nerves. Okay? Let Tibbs sit there, draw up the play. But Johnny Bryant is the one that's got to give them the confidence to go out there and do it. He's the one that's talking in their ear. And that's what they need right now. As far as R.J. Barrett is concerned, shit. What did I tell you? That's all I'm going to say about R.J. Barrett. What did I tell you? Can I, can I can I chime in here for a second too? Because yeah, hold on, hold on. I, I just want to ask Miss T a follow up question when you're done. Oh no, no, you you can ask it first, and then I'll I'll go after you, Miss T. So you want us to be positive about the players, but you want us to be negative about the coach? Uh uh-uh, uh, that's not what I said. I'm putting words in your mouth. Yeah, I'm playing devil's advocate. Come on. No, 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 <laughs> because these are babies we're talking about. And don't get smart with me, Ray. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. These are babies. They nervous as hell. They scared as hell. Look at quickly. That's another thing, though, that we should be talking about. We, we were, but you didn't, you didn't show up early. Josh Hart to go home. Okay, it's time for Josh to go home. And Quentin Grimes to go back to the starting line. Okay? Because if he's not going to play Quentin Grimes and he has not put quick, I think that could be what's going on with quick. You know? That's where Johnny Bryant comes in. You know? That's where Johnny Bryant comes in. You fell for my trick. I got you to, I got you to talk a little bit more. All right? Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Miss T. You knew what I was talking about, Ray. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted you to expound, expound a little bit more. That's all about the Johnny Bryan thing. That's all. Um, yeah, he's, you know, I don't know. Everybody's saying that Johnny Bryan, about him being the coach. I'm not, I have not researched him enough to find out how he is as far as uh, drawing up the plays and this, that, and the other. But as far as developing a team, we would be nowhere without that man right now. Y'all need to understand that. Okay? And when you pray, not to know basketball gods, because you know God don't like you naming other gods. When you pray, you ask that Johnny Bryant wants to stay here forever. Okay, Mr. John, you wanted to ask me something because uh, I I didn't want it wasn't necessarily a question for you, but I just wanted to go back to the whole like RJ quote unquote benching situation, and I don't even think like he got benched. I just think that he was he gassed. Did not. 
Like if you if you look at if you look at the minutes played for everyone in the game, exactly. he played like the second third most amount of minutes. If he yeah. had closed out that game, his his he might have played like forty five minutes. So like, doesn't when, matter how many minutes they play, baby. It is not the amount of minutes. It is not who. Listen, if R.J. Barrett had not scored sixteen points at the in that first quarter, we would not have won that game. Okay, we would not have won that game. Well, not at all. But also, if Josh Hart had not given us fourteen points, eleven rebounds, and nine assists, we wouldn't have won the game either. Twitter again, bro. Twitter again, bro. Twitter again. I'm literally just holding my phone and I watch this shit close out in my face. Like, this, this shit is ridiculous now, bro. Elon Musk, bro. My name is Slap Your Ass. I don't care if you hear this shit. I'm so serious. I'm gonna slap the fuck out of him. Yeah, I don't subscribe to the basketball gods theory either, but you know that's how this whole shit shut down as soon as uh Miss T started talking. You know, yeah, like damn, yeah. son, that shit is crazy. Like uh, that, was a, that was a Miami Heat fan, man. He shut down the space. Wait till Miss T get in here, man. I'll be like, look, look what you did. <laughs> Nah, she was spitting, though. You know the Johnny Bryant thing is she was right about because, like, that dude turned on his alma mater job, so he's really sitting back there waiting like Mark. I kind of think there's, like, the Mark Jackson, Steve Kerr thing, the transition. Uh, Tibbs going to get us the respect, you know, get us uh, as far as he could, and then Johnny Bryant eventually is going to get the keys. We were talking about this. As long as Tibbs don't go to the front office, We were talking about this in previous, uh, previous space about do you think that – a question that I brought up was do you think that um, – there's some sort of conflict between them two, or do you think that it's inevitable given what Johnny wants and presumably what Tibbs wants? I feel like Tibbs wants to coach this this team until he's on his deathbed. Like, that's how I really feel about Tibbs right now. Tibbs is going to do what Brad Stevens did at some point or another. There's no shot this guy's going to want to coach until he's like 65, 70. I think, I think this is like a two, three more year thing. By the time he's like 65, he'll probably move out. Yo, two to three more years is wild, bro. <laughs> that's a long time. He's got he's got them in the second round of the playoffs, man. Even as someone that's like I don't really appreciate a lot of things that Tibbs does, and then I feel like I watch Bolster and I'm like, that's what the fuck I'm looking for. And then everyone's like, well, he's still not a bad coach, and it's like, great. Uh, he's so, average. He's so good. So good. So good. I, so during, during all this time, what was Johnny Bryan doing? Just sitting back and saying, "Oh, I'll just wait until Tibbs." Is, hey, man! If he gets offered done. more to be an assistant in New York than he would be a head coach in a lot of places, then what's stopping the guy? You know? 
Dude, so, the, the title itself. Well, also, also, Tibbs has Tibbs has served in a front office capacity before. He wants to coach. He didn't seek out another position to be in a front office or to be a GM or to be this person, that person. He's explicitly said that he wants to coach. So I think I think that it's conceivable that he would want to coach beyond two or three years from now. I don't hey, know. I mean, part of that was also he did that in Minnesota when he had both titles and he like kind of fucked himself by doing that. It's the whole Bill Belichick thing. You can be really great at one thing and then if you put too much on your plate, even the greatest are gonna mess up. But at the same time, there's an expiration date on his type of leadership style, man. So we just gotta wait it out. You feel me? I think maybe like two, three years. I know it seemed like a long time. But eventually, you know what I'm saying, with dudes like Tibbs, that personality, that shit weigh on you. He got an expiration date. It's coming. 100%. And Cash, Cash, think of it this way. If like, I, you, like, on you, I think it's just that a lot of the, a lot. Listen, man, let's be real, man. These NBA cats are soft, bro. They don't want to put in. They don't want to spend them hours in the gym. Some of these guys, they want to take days off. And those are uh, what's that shit called? The uh, the load, uh, load management bullshit. Like a lot of guys can't play for Tibbs, bro. It's just a reality. They're charming soft. Even if uh, anyone that does or doesn't want Tibbs to be the coach of this team, even if you think of it this way, say they got swept from Miami here on out. And they had a below average year next year, like they did last year. Like this man would still have another half year to try to fix the team. The same way you like almost got fired after the Dallas game this year. And that was after a bad year, after making the playoffs and not doing well. It's like I feel like that's the same mindset that James Dolan has, even front and Leon Rose would have from like an attention span standpoint. It's like, well, we made the playoffs and now we're bad. We'll give him a half chance. We made the playoffs. We're doing bad. We give him a half chance. So even in his absolute worst, it would be two more years. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah, we're in the middle of a playoff so I don't really enough. care about like talking about it. I mean, like we we got to worry about this series right now. That stuff we could address in the off season. One hundred percent. I totally agree with that. I didn't get to say this before, uh, guys. In case I sound groggy or anything, I just fucking woke up because I work overnight and I sleep from seven to two. So sorry, I came in an hour late. Uh, I wanted to because uh, I remember that. Trippy was saying that one of the topics we were supposed to talk about was IQ. It was mostly Barrett and IQ. Barrett doing well and not getting respect and IQ uh, shitting the bed, more or less. Um, Barrett has been awesome and absolutely amazing this playoffs. I fucking love since game two in the Cavs when he struggled and it was like, well, can he do it on the road versus at home? He went home, did his thing game three, game four, showed out game five, like killing it absolutely killing it i love what he does i don't care if he's playing in the fourth quarter at the very end or not if they're doing offensive defensive subs grimes does get around switches better than him and screens better than him and for this crazy psycho college miami we're all undrafted let's shoot 25 footers and hope for the best team it's not the end of the world if rj misses a couple of the last two minutes just defensively anyway i love what rj's done so far he's been our second best player for a lot of the fucking playoffs and the best player for a lot of the playoffs which has been from what we all saw in the middle of the year when people were like, trade RJ, what's this dude's ceiling? Is he already here there? Which is an absolute mind-blowing, blasphemous thing to assume anyone 22 was near their ceiling when anyone that's watched the NBA for literally six months can tell you that a guy's peak is 28, 29, 30 years old. Unless you're Steph Curry or LeBron, one of the absolute greatest, then it's even 33, 34 years old. Like, the guy's 22, so I don't want to fucking hear that shit anymore. If he struggles... Not all of the growth is not all growth is linear. There's rivers and valleys. There's ups and downs. So, I, I no one should ever say that again. I don't give a fuck. He's literally been our best player for a lot of the the second postseason run we've had in ten years. So let's get off that. IQ though has been so 
mind-numbingly disappointing on offense. That I don't care what the student's defensive rating is. I don't care if he gets three steals and three blocks a game. We need him to initiate the offense for 12 minutes a game. Just 12 minutes, dude. I'm not asking for that much anymore. Like It's like you don't have to do put up 40 against the fucking Houston Rockets. It doesn't do anything for me. I said this over and over again in April. I don't care. Guys, they gave up. The Houston Rockets don't care. The Charlotte Hornets don't fucking care. They're on vacation. They were in Cancun a month before the Cavs were in Cancun. We need you to show out in the playoffs, man. Get in offensive sets. Don't be scared. If you go over two from three, don't not shoot, man. Your job is to take open shots. Him and Grimes have been so, so frustrating at various points. And Grimes will give a little more of a, a little more of a leeway because of the shoulder now. And he still is doing his job, and he's not asked to do nearly as much offensively, so it's not the end of the world. But I really want – I just want IQ to do what what made him want to be the sixth man of the year and what made all of us as fans be mad at him not being sixth man of the year, especially the day after Brogdon got 23 points and was the second player on a 36-point blowout for his team. And the last thing I want to say super-duper fast was uh, we all, all of us as fans, people that do content – even professionals that are on ESPN, Fox Sports, all those people give takes on a daily or weekly basis, and a lot of them are good. Some of them, actually, no, some of them are good, and most of them are absolutely downright horrendous. And if I'm going to be narcissistic and to my horn for any fucking thing, it's that I called how the, exactly how the center matches were going to go in both these series. So I want to give myself a standing ovation. Thank you very much. I said that at Mitchell would destroy Allen because Allen is only six foot nine and can't handle Mitchell Ihart inside. And that proved to be true. No matter how good Allen is on offense, you ain't doing hook shots against guys that are four inches taller than you. Your fro does not count as part of your height. And no matter how many Heat fans, I don't care that Bam Adebayo is an all-star. I've watched Bam Adebayo play the Knicks, as we all have, for two-plus years. This man's gotten over 21 points once in a game, and it was when Jericho Sims was starting. Bam has never played well against Mitch and Ihart as a combo. He never plays well when Mitch is on the floor outside of getting him in foul trouble. And now that we have Ihart as backup, he's another dude that's six foot nine, seven foot wingspan, doesn't shoot threes, can't brace the floor at past 18 feet, and is not Kevin Garnett off from 18 feet. There was no shot that Bam Adebayo was going to be an all star this series. I just wanted to point that out. Yo, Heat that was fans, yo the Heat fans don't even like Bam. If you listen to the Levitar show, all they do is shit on Bam, son. They don't even call him Bam. They call him Idris. So get the fuck out Yo, of here Bam, Bam, Bam them is literally mid-year RJ for us. It's absolutely mind-numbing to hear a Peter fans talk about a player that is or isn't good and then be mad that he's bad in a certain matchup and think he should be traded. Bam out of bio should never be the second best offensive player on your team. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. And it makes sense that their game plan with Jimmy Butler out was like, let's give Bam a shot. Oh, that was fucking stupid. Let's go back and shoot in threes like we're a college team. And that's what they did, and they almost won that way. But for any Heat fan that thought going into this that Bam was going to destroy Mitch and Iheart has literally never watched the Heat and Knicks play one fucking time. Yeah, they lying to you. They lying to you, bro. They don't like Bam like that. But, yeah, that's that's all I got to say, Trip, if you want to go from there. I just wanted to get that off since I showed up an hour late. I respect it. I respect it. Yo, Ray, let me slide it off to you. I know for a fact we got – Yeah, man. I wanted to – I know we got new speakers, so after you give your take, I uh, definitely want Cash just to rebuttal whatever he wanted to say. Oh, uh, we got Aragato too, who is a Heat fan in here now. So let's oh, yeah, go. Oh yeah, yeah, I was waiting for that. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm making this introduction right now. So I'm gonna give it to Ray to speak the floor. Then I'm gonna send it to Cash just so you can rebuttal whatever you want to rebuttal. I seen your hand up. And from there, I want to rebuttal something too. Then after that, 
I'm going to go to uh, Rule, and then I'm going to go to Alex before we get to Arigato because those are the two newest speakers up here, and I need to hit it. All good, all good. Copy, copy. Yeah, yeah. I really, uh, I didn't really have much of a take for today to really share with people. It was just a few questions, and we still have some more. Um, but the one thing that I feel like I did want to communicate is like I've been thinking about this about RJ and like really how well he's been playing lately. And you know, I'm not like an RJ stan, you know, I'm not an RJ hater either. Like you can search my my whole timeline on my tweets and it it's really not a lot of either or really. I'm I'm just a fan of the team. Um but one thing that's interesting to me is that we always say that he's only 22 and that could mean something or another thing, depending on who's saying it or what you believe. Um, like I've recently been learning how to like plant and like learning about seeds and learning about different fruits and things like that. Um, like even cannabis, cause it's, it's legal to grow in my state. So I've been learning about this. And one, the one thing that I've, I've really picked up after I've done a couple cycles is that no two seeds are the same. So you know, I'm looking at these like draft picks and seeds and like a guy like IQ could come in and have certain translatable traits already. Right. And it may seem that like he's bearing fruit or he's sprouting up faster than another player. And it's like everybody and just like every plant has like a different growth process and they react differently in different uh, in different conditions. Like some plants are a lot more resilient in certain conditions than others. Right. And some some plants grow in certain conditions, certain temperatures better than other plants. So like, that's like, that's really the analogy that really stuck with me when it came to RJ. Cause it was just like, Oh my gosh, like he has not looked great this whole season. I'm concerned about how he's going to look in the playoffs. And it just so happens that under these circumstances, he he's thriving while, you know, we have another player who was thriving. He was essentially, you know, Ike was essentially our three B um, or even our 3A at certain points in the season, you know. Um, but to see him kind of take a step back, I don't. I think we've seen them both struggle at different points in this year, and I think it would be more so like a prudent approach to just allow our investments, allow these seeds to just continue to grow at their own pace. Like, they're very, very young. We don't need to rush this. I don't want any trades. <laughs> And like, honestly, I, that's the way that I feel about RJ. His best years are ahead of him. His best productions ahead of him. You know, I don't think that we need to rush this thing at all. And I'm interested in seeing how IQ's play affects basically how we pay him, how we, I, I feel like Trippy was right about some things he said before. Um, but that's all I wanted to say about RJ. And I wanted to swing it to, it was it Cassius or Ariel? Uh, Cash, go Cassius. Let me give the order again. You know I hate that hands up shit, bro. But I got you. <laughs> Yo, just send a wave. I know I got you, bro. I ain't forget you. I ain't forget you. But again, the order is Cassius and Ariel for rebuttals. Then it's Rule and Alex to start giving their takes, and then we go into Arigato. And I'm going to the store real quick. Don't worry, the connection ain't going to fail. So just run the show. You sure, man? I'm positive sure? I ain't connected to no Wi-Fi <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just straight network, my 5G booming. Bro. <laughs> hey, yo, Ray, man, I got to give you a round of applause for that, for that sermon you just dropped, bro. That's all to you, man. 
Yeah, man, that was that was a good take, man. Thank you. Um, I just wanna I wanna hop on on the young plays uh, a little bit. Um, wasn't really a rebuttal, but I just I just wanted to put my two cents in there. Um, I'm not I'm not putting, you know, um, I'm not calling them young. I'm not I'm not I'm gonna evaluate them just like I evaluate everybody else on the team at this point. That to me they're just young vets. They're no longer kids. You know what I mean? I, I, who's the youngest guy? Is it Grimes? I mean, RJ's the youngest, but as far as being in the league, it's got to be Quentin Grimes. Um, so two years in the league, I mean, to me, you're just a young vet. You know, and all these, all these guys have have been in the league, been in, been in situations. Yeah, playoff basketball is a little bit different. Um, but at the same time, man, like, it's basketball. You know what I mean? And, and the pressure the pressure's a little bit bigger. The stage is a little bit bigger. But at the end of the day, it's it's just basketball. They've they've been doing this all their lives, you know what I'm saying. So I'm not I'm not going to call them young. I'm just going to call them young vets. And with with IQ and and Obi, for me, it's like Obi's been been showing up game in and game out. Last game he didn't have a have a good game, um, but there were still intangibles that I liked. I think that his matchup sucks because you know if you got to deal with a Kevin Love, I mean you really can't leak out like that, you know what I'm saying? Because he can hurt you with the three, you know what I mean? And 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 Obi's game is predicated on, you know, when he found his niche as far as being a transition player um, and he started really to ball out. Um, he, he's been he's been able to to really expand on on what he's able to do athletically. Um, he can't do that. He can't really do that with a guy who who's a knockdown shooter. Um, so that matchup is a bad matchup for him. So I, I expect this, you know, I, I expect him to give low production throughout the course of the series un- unless he figures out something else. Um but as far as Emmanuel quickly, man, um, he's I don't know if he's hurt, <laughs> if it's an emotional thing. I don't think it's a mental thing. Right. I think it's more of an emotional thing. I think maybe he's just really messed up that he didn't win that six man a year award. Um, and I think that it's the Heat's defense. Right. Like they don't run the same defense every single time. Right. If you go to if you go down, they'll, they'll do a they'll play zone. Then they'll, they'll play man. Then they'll 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 run different different sets every time you go down go down on the court and I think that's confusing um that's confusing IQ a lot to where he doesn't even know you know what the next set is going to be and and you know how to prepare for that right I think that you know even even though he struggled in the Cavs series and and, and everything like that I think defensively he's shown up like I, in this series like he's not even showing up on, on the defensive end you know the, the way we're accustomed to um so there's a lot more going on with, with, with IQ than, than I think that we all know and things like that. So, But I can't I can't sit here and, and give him any leeway because he is a young vet at this point. You know, you're you're you've been in the league for how many years? You've been you've been doing the same thing game in, game out. Like it's time to show up, man. And you gotta you gotta show production because like you guys were saying, he's the three A, three B, whatever he is. And without that without that production come you know coming off the bench you know, this is why that you know we can't blow out teams. This is why we can't, you know, when when the the competition is a lot less, you know, like look like we're the better team because he he he's a huge part of what we do, you know, as far as production side is concerned. But I'm not worried about Obi Toppin. I think Obi Toppin will figure out his matchup. Um, I've seen it. This is, I mean, in the first series against the Hawks, um, a couple years ago, like he he played ball too, man. He he was one of the better players we had, and to see it transition in in, in you know, in, in this playoff run, um, I'm definitely proud of him and what he's doing. Um, he just got to figure out his matchup. Um, and as far as uh, Quentin Grimes, man, like, yeah, I get it. You know, the shoulder thing and everything like that. But for me, 
it's like I don't know. I don't I don't trust I don't trust Grimes on the offensive end right now. And I feel like he's he's more of a detriment um than he is a positive. And I would I would slowly bring him in, give him a couple of minutes, see if he's got it. But he's got to produce on that offensive end. Your job is literally to be be open and knock down that three. And if you can't produce that, you know, like defense is cool. Like defense is great. But if you can't score, right, if you're incapable of scoring right now, then I, I would have to go hard or, you know, like try to figure out another route to go with that, man. That's, I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. I want to add something to that real quick about what you just said about Grimes because you also mentioned Hart, and there's literally no – based on what we've seen with Grimes being able to bring the ball up sometimes and stuff, there's no reason that Grimes can't get a rebound and do the same thing that Hart does and try to push the pace with his speed and having former point guard ability in high school and early college that even if he's not shooting well, he should be able to be able to withstand that and still contribute somewhat positively on the offensive end to rationalize his defensive ability. I think I think Grimes will develop into the type of player that that Hart is um, in his career. Um, I just you know he's obviously got to get to that level. There's there's you know a learning curve with a guy who's been in there for two years to to get to that level. Like Hart's been in the league, Hart's been doing this a long time. He knows his role. You know he knows how to contribute to the team. And I think that you know Quentin Grimes is still figuring himself out. And Quentin Grimes is 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 a better shooter. You know. Than 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 hard is like let's just call it what it is. But if you're not if you're not making your shots, and and let's call it what it is down this down the stretch, bro. Um, towards the end of the season, Quentin Quentin Grimes has hasn't been shooting the rock well. So I don't I don't know what's going on with him. Like he's had a couple of games where he was just lights out, but for the majority, he hasn't been shooting well. And I know that he can shoot that rock after the injury. Right? Though, so I I don't he was doing well. Yeah, yeah well. no, I I get it, I get it. Like listen, I understand. Like injuries play play a big part in what's going on with him right now. But that's why, like, for, for playoff basketball, like, like for me, my rotations, like, personally would be a lot shorter. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not if, if you're missing shots and missing shots, then I'm, I, I, I want to win. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to extend somebody else um, in order to get that production. And, and Hart's not a great shooter, man, but I, can, I trust him at this point in the season more than I do Quentin Grimes. That's just how I feel. But I think, I think I, and I agree with you, but I think for spacing purposes, Grimes got to get minutes. He's got to be out there, man. Cause you can't have heart. No, I'm not saying don't don't take him out of the rotation, and I and I do like the fact that if he's playing with um the starters, um that's a lot better of a situation for him, um and I think the team in general because he doesn't he doesn't have to be knocked down all the time, right? He he can just be there for spacing purposes. Like he is a threat, right? And just having that threat there will open up you know open up the paint for everybody else. But he does have to produce on that side. But I think the better look for the team in general is, is having him in the starting lineup. One hundred percent with that too, because it's like Ryan, like Brunson doesn't need nearly as much like handle off ball, and he plays with RJ and Randall. And Grimes' whole thing is meant to be a spacing three point shooter with that starting lineup. IQ needs, especially in the playoffs that we've seen, IQ needs a secondary ball handler next to him. And like Barrett's out there with him a lot, but sometimes he's not, and it's like. That's when IQ and Hart make sense because Hart can tell when a younger player is fucking up or like not having everything he needs to go and then is able to push the pace. And then IQ could be more of a spot-up shooter with Hart or Randall or Hartenstein being able to initiate the offense in the half court. Like, it just makes more sense to me with what you're saying that Hart plays with IQ more often and Brunson and Grimes and RJ play together more often. Yeah, man, I totally agree with that. I think and Hart does a good job of getting Obi involved too, man. So we, you know, what I mean, you know, RB, Obi, he relies on other people to feed him the rock. So 
Yeah, I like I like Obi with IQ and Hart. They had good chemistry during the during the regular season, man. I think we could use that to, you know, a little bit of change of pace, man, because we're playing a lot slower now than we did in the regular season. And that's part of part of the reason why it's because it's the playoffs. But I think if you got Hart quickly and um and Obi off the bench, man, it's a good change of pace, man, to get Obi involved, get him some touches. Yeah, he's way more suited for for starting than actually coming off the bench. But I think you remove a heart from the bench, it kind of fucks us up in a way. Well, if we done with all the rebuttals, let's get to the next person. Your rule is on you. Hold up, I wanted I didn't get my rebuttal off. Let's go, Ariel. All right, bet. Nah, um, I basically like agree with everything what Cash was um saying. I would say like eighty five percent of it. Um, I remember he touched on something earlier with the with the team camaraderie, you know, with the Miami having great team camaraderie. But I talked about this with Khalil in the offseason. Uh, we were talking about the camaraderie that the Knicks are slowly building with each other because, like, a lot of these cats fuck with each other. So I think when you were saying that, you know, like, you, make, you made it seem like the Heat, you know, have a culture. Like, we have a culture over here, too. And we have a lot of camaraderie with these guys that get along with each other because they actually fuck with each other on and off the court. And you can see it the way they joke around in the press conferences. The way they go to events, where you know, with events with each other, and stuff like that. And another thing, when you were saying, um, I know you like you were saying that you know you wasn't really thrilled with the win or whatever, but it's kind of like has to do like what you were saying in the media. Kind of was saying the rebuttals like, oh, they only won because you know Jimmy Butler wasn't there. But I didn't hear a lot of media saying that he only won because we didn't have Julius Randle, because Julius Randle means just as much to the Knicks what Jimmy Butler means to the Heat. So I think it's like a lot of media bias when it comes to that. Some of it comes with the fans too. Because, um, you know, you got to remember, too, that Miami Heat were a playing team for a reason. Like, they have major flaws themselves, you know. Um, they basically got by the Bucks, you know, which was good. But at the same time, we got to remember Giannis missed two games. So, I didn't see Heat fans say, oh, well, we only won. We got, I'm not really feeling good about this win because, you know, we beat the, the Bucks without Giannis twice. So, like, you know, it's kind of like selective hate when it comes to the media and some of our fans, too. But other than that, man, uh, it was a great take. And uh, I just had to push back a little bit on that. No, that's cool, and I appreciate that. So let me let me clarify real quick. Um, the first part of it, it's like when I when I talk about camaraderie and, and things of that nature, I'm talking about uh, how disciplined the team is, right? Together, because it's 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 one thing it's one thing to all be friends. It's another thing to put it all together on a basketball court, right? I think that the Heat are just extremely more disciplined um, on both ends of the floor than than the Knicks are. Um, I think that as far as having a, a, a tactician in Eric Spolstra. Um, and, and us having, you know, a Tom Thibodeau who preaches certain things. But if you go into these press conferences and you have an Eric Spolstra, you learn more about basketball than just, oh, the game will tell you what to do. You know what I mean? Like Eric Spolstra, to me. He's is, a mastermind, is, bro. Uh, 100%. I was talking with my dad about it, you know, and he's calling him Eric Spolstra a fucking genius of, of what he's able to do um, with, with the players and, and the talent level that he has on that roster because the Knicks are more talented. Like across the board, they're more talented. You uh, and 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 to the second part of that, which kind of transitions, it's like, all right, you won the game, right? But you know, like I said, it was it was an underwhelming win because it was it was so hard. The win was so hard, especially without you know a Jimmy Butler Butler's talent level there. So to me, it doesn't bring in confidence um, when you have wins like that because you know I want to win. At, with other teams at their full strength, because I like there's there was um there was articles out there saying oh the Knicks didn't didn't win because the Knicks won because Jimmy Butler was there and they barely won it. I don't want I don't want that type of negativity out there. I don't want that type of talk out there. 
I want to win with everybody on that goddamn court to show like to when I talk about the Knicks, right? Personally, when I talk about the Knicks, there's no rebuttal. It's like, yeah, we're the better team. Not because so and so was out, not because of this, this and that in the third. And we're gonna deal with that regardless because Tyler Hero ain't there, Oladipo ain't there, like shit like that, yeah. right? But at the same time, it's just I don't like I wanna beat everybody and have no, you know, no no fucking back talk, no bullshit. Like we're the better team, we won, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's just how I feel personally, and that's why I'm I'm hypercritical. Um in nah, these, I feel in you. Games, you know what I'm saying? I feel you, yeah, guys, but the only, it, the only thing I, the only thing is nah, girl, I, I just wanna say one thing. The only thing I, I was saying that, that's why I said it goes back to the media where they say, like, they'll say those comments about us. But when the Heat were doing that, it was fine when they were being, uh, be honest, they were people were, were raving about the, the Heat. And then when they beat us game one, you didn't hear nobody mention that, oh, well, you know, Julius Randle wasn't there. Well, Julius Randle plays very well against the Heat. There's a reason why we beat them three times this year. So that's why I said it's selective hate. And that's why I don't want the, like, I, I you know what I'm saying? I disagree with the opinion a little bit. I'm not coming at you, but. That's why I say like it's a selective hate because if they do it, why is it like okay you're gonna you're gonna antagonize antagonize us for a win, but when the Heat did the same thing, nobody nobody dropped the word and said oh Julius Randle wasn't playing. So and it's, it's the playoffs too. You got to take some wins when you can get them. You know what I'm saying because it, it's a marathon. Everybody's not gonna be a hundred percent. Yo, didn't didn't Jimmy almost beat up Smolster last year? You know what I'm saying? So, like, please save me the heat culture bullshit, man. Like, Butler was going to beat Spolster last year, bro. If that would have been New York, it would have been over the fucking tabloids. I, I think Spolster could take him. I don't know. That's how I feel. That shit, man. I has one. My husband wanted to beat his ass, too. <laughs> That's the OG. It's easy, to have, it's easy to have a heat culture when, like, you got a bunch of fringe NBA, NBA players, you know what I'm saying, that got no choice but to fall in line. You know what I mean? And then that's another thing I wanted to say too with Cash, and I, I definitely agree with that because he was saying um something about that um you know their guys were stepping up and you know when they didn't have Jim, but you know a lot of teams do play down to their competition. I mean you saw with Boston with Philly they underestimated Philly and they took a L. So stuff like that happens. The Knicks are not the only team that that falls into that trap. That's why I said I'm glad we came away with the win. No, and I agree, and I and I mentioned that as far as uh, the Knicks uh, playing down to their competition even at the beginning of the uh, season. They've been that type of team uh, all year, but um, like like listen, man, like everybody's gonna have their opinion. That's just how I see it. I, I don't really listen to to the media that much. I don't really care for their opinions. I feel like you know my opinion um, is my personal opinion, and everybody can have theirs. You know what I'm saying? I look at the game a little bit differently than most people, um, and I am hypercritical about our stars because you know, like for me, you know what I mean? Like I got, I have to, you know what I mean? Because they've been ordered. Because my my goal is to win a championship, and if I see holes in people's games. I got to I got to I I have to know at some point that they're going to be able to carry this team into into a championship. So if I point things out it's just because they if I can see it then Eric Spoelstra can see it. If I see it then, you know, like whoever the fuck else can see it. You know what I mean? And that's why I point them out and try to fix those holes and you know put my voice out there. That's all. That's right, man. We just uh, just heard the nah, That's a fact. It was, it was well needed cuz people got to hear. At the end of the day people still got to hear. That's just how I feel, but let's keep the conversation rolling. Rule, it's on you, baby. How you feeling? Yeah, I'm good. Sitting here at work right now, um, listening um, to everyone's takes. Uh, congratulations on the great takes. Bear with me for a second. Ten years ago yesterday, the Knicks beat the uh, Boston Celtics in the 2013 first round and, and moved on to the uh, Eastern Conference semifinals. Entering that, entering that um, playoff series, People were like, well, it was going to be an inevitable matchup between the Knicks and the Heat. 
You know, that's all we were looking towards. Knicks won the first three games. Boston comes out and wins the next two. You know, Knicks put on black. They came to the game in all black, and all of a sudden they lost the next two and looked terrible in doing it. They built up a 20-point lead and almost blew most of a 20-point lead until Melo came out and scored like six or eight points in the last two minutes, and they were barely able to pull it out against a squad that was really on the downslide. That squad, after watching that game, that game six, most people didn't feel about the Knicks the same way they did to begin that series. It's like, oh, man, Indiana's going to be a problem. You know, they won. It wasn't about a win being a win. It was about how they looked doing it. And it was about the signs that were being shown in even getting that game six win. It wasn't something that couldn't be ignored. And as a matter of fact, it played out that way. So fast forward to this year, watching game two, the Knicks were at full strength. The Miami Heat were missing Jimmy Butler. They are missing Tyler Hero. They're missing Victor Oladipo. The backup to the backup in Struth, they wound up missing him after the third quarter. And at that point, he already had like 12 or 14 points, I'm going to say. You know, and we talk about how the game closed out with good defense. It was more of a matter of attrition. You have Martin playing in place of Butler. It's another guy that's coming off the bench. So they were down to the bare minimum. So at the end of that game, it was about attrition as much as about defense. And I, I hear people using uh, this, this, this um, talk about the strong closing defense as an excuse, as a rationalization for sitting RJ. There's no rationalization for that. This guy's been the best player, either him or Mitch. He's been the best, consistently the best player for this team in the postseason. And you don't sit a player that way. You don't sit a player the last five minutes because Quentin Grimes is chasing around a, a completely diminished squad. Uh, a team, a players on a completely diminished squad. There's no rationalization behind that. And, there's some, and that's something that takes impact long-term. You know, because people forget these guys are human too. And I don't care how tough you are, you like if you're sitting, it doesn't matter what level of basketball you're playing, if you're playing well and all of a sudden you sat, you're thinking, what the hell did I do? Or what's going on? Or oh, here we go again. So, looking at game three, game, my feeling is the winner of game three is going to win this series. And Jimmy Butler will be back. Struess will be back. And they'll have Martin back coming off the bench. And we'll be facing a similar situation as game one. And hopefully, because we have our entire starting five the same way and our entire unit as we did in game two, we have a better performance because we are the better, more talented team. We may not be the better coach team, but we are. We should have the most talent, and we should win. We should win this series, you know. And I, I, I'll uh, pose a question to the room: If Eric Spoelstra was a coach of the Knicks, 
and Tom Thibodeau was coaching this diminished Heat squad. Is the series this close right now? Are we sitting at one and one? Nope. Even with Julius Randle sitting out? Nope. We go to the championship. That's just how I feel. That's the problem. And there it is. And that that's where we are. So I know it's going to hurt. It hurts a lot of people's feelings in, in hearing that. Coaching is coaching matters. And coaching could wind up being the determining factor in this series. And that'll be a damn shame. I got a question since you mentioned feelings. That's a great take, by the way. Since we mentioned feelings, why does it hurt so many people's feelings that RJ got sat down for six minutes, bro? Why? So what? Can somebody answer this question for me, please? I didn't hear the question. Why does it hurt so many people's feelings that RJ got sat down for six minutes? I don't think it's game? I don't think it's feelings. I think it's just rationality. He it's just rationality. said it hurts people's feelings, and okay, so why? It's, it, it it's, not, like it's people, not. It's not about feelings. It's not about feelings. It's about watching the game and, and seeing how the game plays out. He was getting cooked. He was getting cooked. He was getting cooked, bro. Like I don't know what y'all what, what people. Are. That's my guy, bro. But he was missing assignments. He was getting cooked left and right. And I noticed that. Listen, okay, and I love the kid, man. I But understand, but understand this. I watched Emmanuel quickly get cooked by the corpse of Kyle Lowry in game one. And he still played 12 minutes in the fourth quarter. Wow, Brunson hasn't guarded anybody for the past two right. series. So, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you're talking about feelings, feelings is when you're not consistent in your evaluation. That's pretty much the definition of feelings. If you know Jalen Brunson is not going to get sat down, bro. His his defensive limitations. I didn't say. I didn't say Brunson. You see that that means right. That that's means the that, problem. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't you can't hold somebody else accountable. Player, you can't compare defense. different players in different positions. Playing defense, you can get the same production on offense, right? They, you can get the same production on offense, but if if you're if you're if your mentality is oh he sat because of defense, but you're not holding the, the other person accountable for the same thing, right? Because that was my issue. With, with Jalen Brunson in that first half, right? Because he looked he looked god awful. That, that was one of his worst games that I've ever seen him play in that first in that first half. You know what I'm who's saying? The who's the starting point guard on Miami again? Well, also, do you guys not remember that Jalen Brunson playing with a sore ankle? Y'all forget that part? Yes. So when we talk about we talk about feelings, we talk about feelings. If we're gonna come up with every excuse in the book for some players. But then just say, leave it at, oh, this player was getting cooked with other players. Then you, you guys are epitomizing feelings because you're not a consistent in your evaluation. With me, it's not. I don't, really that. Are they, are they I don't agree with that at all. I root for all of them equally. I hate on all of them equally. I root for them equally. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me who gets sat down. You know what I mean? Like I just told you, my guy was my guy was a blow on assignments left and right, and I played it. He got benched for a reason. I'm not mad at it. Only one. That was a one-time occurrence. But in this case, as, as I was saying, this guy was producing enough on the offensive end to overcome that. If you were willing to do that with Jalen Brunson, if you were do, willing to do that with Emmanuel qu quickly, who wasn't giving you anything on either side of the ball, yet he played the entire fourth quarter of game one, which was probably a major contributing factor to why we lost game one, then Listen, as a man, coach, look, you're coaching by field. Thibodeau, Thibodeau leaned, he, he went defensive down a stretch. Okay, so you can't. He, if, went what? If you, if he went He went defensive. He put, he gave Grimes RJ's minutes. And, and you know what I'm saying? Like, you got heart on the floor. 
and you got Grimes on the floor, that'll open up the floor on the offensive end too. I don't, it's, I don't think it was a personal decision to bench fucking RJ because Thibodeau got some kind of like personal agenda against this dude, which is a lot. I hear a lot of insinuation about that. Not not here. I'm just talking about on the timeline in general. Open up the floor for a guy who scored 16 points in the first quarter and got Brunson you. Was able, Brunson start. was able to cook in the fourth quarter because he has space to he has space to go navigate in his areas, which is that mid post area, free throw line extended. He was able to get some post ups. You know what I'm saying? He he went to work in that fourth quarter because of that. Terrell, honestly, the eye test even passes that RJ didn't play well in the second half. He had 16 or 18 points in the first half and five in the second half, and he was shooting 60% in the first half and shot two for seven in the second half. Like, he wasn't even doing offensively what he was doing in the first half. And he wasn't getting the rock consistently offensively either, which lent itself back to to what often happened during the regular season, where he's trying to get his shots where he fits in as opposed to getting the shot in the flow of the offense. As opposed to that handoff and, and and dribbling and hitting those uh hitting those driving lanes in the zone when they're loading up, you know, that getting seven shots in seventeen minutes and getting ten shots in twenty one minutes is almost the same exact rate. He almost had the same exact amount of shooting. It's not a matter of the same exact shooting. You're not hearing what I'm saying. I'm saying getting the ball within the flow of the offense. You can get as many shots as you want if you're not getting the ball in the rhythm or within the flow of the offense. If you if the quality of your shots aren't the same in the first half as they are in the second half, then that's going to be a determinant factor in your shooting percentage as well. And that's the it, major it's not, difference it's not, between it's not just about just adding quick, up shots. That's the difference between R.J. Barrett being the number two compared to being the number three. Like the, <clears throat> when he plays when he plays as the second option, he's absolutely phenomenal, and that's whether he's playing with him and just Randall or him and just just Brunson. Like that's 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 his best. That's his best position to be the number two option. And I think that goes for the entire big three as, as a whole. You know what I mean? They they play off each other as that one, two. But when you add that third, it just gets clunky. And I, I and I think I've seen that all season, bro. I think I've seen maybe five games where they actually played well uh together as a collective this entire season. So that's just me. That's and and you I'm know what? At. And that's and in reality, big big picture wise. RJ is never going to be what y'all want him to be if we're on the same on the same team as Jalen Brunson and, and Julius Randle. He's just not. He's not going to get the touches, the usage that he needs to be what y'all want him to be. And I love the kid, but it's just a fact. It's roster construction. If we if we being honest. Well, I would say that in 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 that regard, that does not make the team better. In the long run, it does not make the team better. Because RJ getting the ball and, and being able to operate uh, top of the key below is a very efficient player, it, and it, it's something that's product is productive, and it's something that's produced in this playoffs. It's produced wins in this playoff series, you know, and that Cleveland series included when Julius did play, and he wasn't as impactful. Yo, can I ask y'all a question? So um, the, the result, the results are there. So what we're doing, we're we're ignoring the results that we've seen in this postseason, just to fall back on narratives of what RJ didn't do and what he. The results are there in this postseason. If I, if, if anyone's honest, and I ask you who's performed better offensively this postseason, Julius or RJ, what's your answer? Right, Julius been hurt. The whole, he been hurt. Oh the whole my postseason. god! Here we go again. I'm not even. I'm not even. It's a fact. Yeah, and Julius Randle easily won us game one and game six. But he was he been hurt. 
We're all I don't think his argument. He, he plays play and, and people and people push for him to play. Don't push for him to play and then use being hurt as an excuse for performance. Is anyone on this once team again, truly once above again, and beyond? About, once again, that's about that's about feelings. Is you anyone know, on this team truly above and beyond? Top that they can't get Excuse me. Is anyone on this team above and beyond like top 15 player in the NBA that they cannot get benched in a certain scenario? Everyone, on this, everyone on this team, everyone on this team can get benched. 100%. Jay, the best, the best strength, the strength of this team, the strength. Yo, stop talking over each other, first and foremost. Keep going. Darrell, go ahead. Rule, I think it's on you, Rule. Son, Brunson had 30, Randall had 25, and then RJ had like 22. That's the perfect recipe, man, for us to win ball games, bro. Like, oh, I'm sorry. They, well, I don't understand why everybody's I guess, so I guess a team against a team with the top three scorers or undra undrafted free agents. You see what I'm saying? Bro, they shot the three-pointers, it, 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 it matters how you look. Didn't I just say stop talking over each other? One at a time. Stop talking to each other. I get it's a debate. Let the man get his words out, then the next man go up. Rue, continue talking because I heard you speaking last. Yeah, thanks. I didn't hit the uh, unmute button last time. But yeah, it matters. It matters how you look. These things matter. We can't. We say we say oh, a win is a win because we want to ignore how the game played out. But you know. Yeah, we won against a squad that the top three scorers were undrafted free agents. That matters because the playoffs is about progression, and you want to be getting better. So anything that happened off of game two, you don't be like a win is a win. Yeah, yo, we got to get better off of this shit because if we don't get better, we're going home. You got to hold your team accountable. Your entire team, not and your coaching staff, not just certain players. And this fan base does too much of that. I ain't even gonna lie, bro. He, he said the facts. Go ahead, stay. I mean, go ahead, stay. I'm, I'm, I'm like literally talking to state on the side right now. But yo, smooth. Go ahead, bro, bro. No, I think what we gotta realize with RJ Barrett is. Yo, bro, you driving right now? Regardless. Yeah, I'm doing Uber. My All right, at, just as as much as you can possible, just trying to come a little closer to your phone. Christian, stop waving. I see you, bro. Right, you're gonna go in a second. You gotta wait your turn. You came mad late. You got a long line ahead of you, so you're gonna have to wait, bro. Go ahead, smooth. Yeah, is this, is this better? That's way better. Yeah, my bad. I had you on the headphones. I think we would get. I think it's not about feelings. It's what evidence do you have that Quentin Grimes is a better option in close games than RJ Barrett? with how he's played in the playoffs, yo. Like, you got to realize that, like, RJ's been playing fantastic defense, and offensively, he's just efficient and just a better player. Um, you know, for me, what evidence do you have Quentin Grimes is the better option? Because he's made, what, three or four baskets in four or five playoff games? I mean, let, let's, let's, let's be real. Like, we can't just put all the offensive load on Brunson or Josh Hart or Julius Randle. Like, you just can't do that. So my issue with the Knicks going forward is, why is it when R.J. Barrett is playing well, we go away from that to feed Julius Randle or Brunson? If 
if you look at R.J. Barrett's numbers versus the Miami Heat, he plays really well against the Miami Heat. You got to feed someone like that. You got to keep going. Stop going away from your draft pick. Like, he's the – besides Brunson, I think he's the second-best player in the playoffs. Like, you can't even argue that. So, going forward, we got we, – as a team, we got to stop doing that, yo. This is also a part where you got to develop your draft pick to be a better player. How you expect your draft pick to be a better player if, you know, you're not playing him in the critical moments of a playoff game or in the, or maybe further, right? Maybe Eastern Conference Finals, maybe the Finals. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And listen, I don't want to hear about, oh, well, RJ was giving up baskets, right? Because so was so was uh, Quentin Grounds. He gave up some baskets as well. Everybody on the perimeter was giving up baskets. Jalen Brunson was horrible on defense. So we could literally say that about everybody on this team. So I, I just think that Tom Thibodeau just got to stay. He got to get out of his own way because RJ was the reason why we were even competitive in that first half besides, you know, Julius Randle. So why would you go away from that? That doesn't make sense to me. I'm not saying, like, literally every single game you got to do the every, you know the same thing. But going forward, when RJ's playing well, you play him. If he's playing bad, then you sit him. If you did it to Julius Randle, if you did it to other players on the team, why would you not play the best player at that moment? And I get it. People can say, oh, well, you know, numbers-wise, he was two for seven. But look at how the game was going. We went away from him. So what do you, what do you expect him to do? Like to stay hot all game when he's not even featured on the offense? Like, this is why I don't like the one-on-one basketball. Like, I, I prefer team basketball because everybody's involved. And then when you need guys to make shots, they'll make shots. So that's my only thing with Tiz. It's like I'm not one of those fans that's going to sit there and say, oh, it's all good because we won. No. No. That, like, you got to be objective when it comes to stuff like that. You can't be doing that and expect to beat a Miami Heat team who's been to the final, who's been to the Eastern Conference Finals. You can't do that against them. Play your best play. You think you think Eric Spo, if if you know Jimmy Bella went two for seven in the in the, in the second half, is gonna take him out but just bench him the rest of the game? He's not gonna do that. So so look, you gotta make better adjustments, yo. Like if we make the correct adjustments to guard the three point line, then this series is gonna be a lot. That's the only reason why. Hey, yo, series- smooth. You want to know what RJ? You don't want to know what Browns is better than RJ at in that fourth quarter. What? He was getting through screens that RJ was dying on. RJ was dying on screens. Brown was getting over them. That was the difference. Yeah, but they're all dying off screens, bro. <laughs> like, nobody's really playing. They're dying on screens, though. Did you watch that fourth quarter? But that's not a fact. Bro, they've been killing us on the screens the whole series. Like, it's, I'm not I'm even. I'm talking about in that fourth quarter, my RJ got benched. Now, that's my question. Bro, Grimes gave up baskets, too. It, it doesn't change anything. You're not answering my question. I said in the final minutes of the game, when they sat RJ and they kept the grinds in that he was getting over the screen. If you look at the tape, rewind the tape, watch it on YouTube, and you're going to see what I'm talking about. Yeah, getting over the screens is fine, but I'm just saying you still play the better player. Like everybody, but that's why he got sat down, though. That makes a, that makes a difference. He got sat. That's what I'm shots. That's why them dudes wasn't hitting the shots that they were hitting I've, all game because in the they were getting contested more. You're talking about three or four minutes, bro. Like, I'm talking about the whole game. But that's what matters. That's playoff basketball. You can't discount that. That's why we came away with the win. It's a, it's, it's a part of it. We didn't come away with the win because Quentin grounds, bro. We came away with the win because the team right, stepped yeah. up. That's, 
that's why we won the game. The team stepped up, bro. Like you, you're here. Dis- see, a, I don't understand how you're disagreeing with the fact that it was a team win, though. I don't understand it. <laughs> we, I don't understand. Okay, like we, everybody hates tips. I'm not, I'm not a big tips fan, but I feel like everybody sees everything through the through the lens of tips. Don't know what the fuck he's doing. And if you, I please, I implore you to go watch the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter, and how RJ was getting, he was dying on, he was dying on all the screens. And that's why they put Grimes in the game. And he basically Tibbs told you that at the end of the game. Why did you do the adjustment? The way it played out defensively, that's the matchup I wanted. So I mean, it wasn't the reason we won, but it was a factor. You know, nobody's calling RJ gar- garbage. Nobody's saying he trash. You know what I'm saying? I fuck with RJ, but that's the adjustment that Tibbs made. And then you know what I'm saying? Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, it was one of the keys to victory. Now I know it's hard to acknowledge that Tibbs did something good because everybody hates Tibbs. Like I said, I'm not a Tibbs fan either. But, we, you know what I'm saying, get a man his props, you know what I'm saying, on one thing he did right that actually worked. Because after that, we went on a – I think we went on like – we outscored him, I think, 24 to uh, twenty-four to 17 or 32 to 17 or something like that. Hey, yo, Rick, you know you're hitting the, you're hitting the nail right on the head because their quicks are always like – and, you know, they always say like Tibbs gets out coast, Tibbs is, but they don't realize that in those incremental last minutes, making those – when he does make adjustments, they don't pay attention because you're so stuck on – you don't like the guy, so you, you totally dismiss it. Well, well, you know what went away for us from us winning that game. There was a reason why them dudes wasn't hitting them shots. Like getting over screens means a lot. I don't know if you ever played basketball or any played any professional high school, AAU, whatever. You, know, you get over screens and contests. It's a, it, it it makes a difference in between the making a miss, bro, and the jump shot. It makes a big and difference. And one, one thing you said, um, smooth. I'm gonna disagree with you. Said um, you got it's, it's about development. That's what the regular season is for. The playoffs is not for development, man. That's what you got 82 games for to develop these dudes. You still got to develop in the playoffs no matter what, brother. You still got to develop in the playoffs no matter what, brother. Like, that's why you play your draft picks, brother. Like, listen at the end of Listen, look, look, RJ's been outstanding in the playoffs, Can I finish? Nobody's saying RJ hasn't been good. Can I finish, brother? Can I finish? Can I? I, You win already, brother. Let me finish. (laughs) What I'm saying to you is, look. Going over screens is one thing, but you can still give up baskets. I am telling you, as a team, we stepped up in the fourth quarter. It isn't because of Quentin Grimes. That's what I'm telling you. I'm saying as a team, it's why we won the game. That's what I'm telling you. And you gotta you gotta factor in that Brunson made threes. You gotta factor in that uh Hart made, you know, you know, some solid shots as well. Right? We won as a team. We didn't win because Quentin Grimes was going over screens. That's asinine, bro. We stepped up as a team and won the game. That's why he got sat down. That's why he, I'm telling you why he got sat down. He got sat down because he couldn't go over the screen. I'm, that's, what I, that's all I'm saying. Nobody's saying he, we won because Grimes was in the game. I'm telling you so, why RJ got sat down. That's so this, this, is, this is what I'm, yeah, this, this is what I'm hearing, though. why RJ got sat down. That's bullshit why we sat RJ. I'm telling you why. Okay, this is what I'm hearing, though. I'm hearing that. We sat down RJ because it opened up space for Jalen Brunson on offense. We sat down RJ because he got stuck on screens on defense. So that tells me right now, if we had lost this game, it was already in people's minds that we lost this game because of RJ. Who said that? Nobody in here. Nobody, nobody said that. Nobody said that. Nobody said that. Nobody said that. Two things that have been. Yeah, y'all sad. I'm going to let y'all know that right now. Y'all all sad. Because regardless of anything, you feel me? And I'm going to let y'all continue this little rebuttal and all that extra shit to get it out. But 
I, I just gotta say this. You feel me? Just to let y'all understand that. Smooth is actually right. It was a team effort. You feel me? It was a team effort. You can say Grimes gave it up more defensively. You can say, yo, it was the right move. All of it is right, no matter how you put it, how you want to see it. But in the end, it took a team effort to win the game. All right? Continue. Can I, and that's can I all that matters. That's all that matters because it is a team game, man. He's not right. He's not wrong about that. Nobody's saying that. But the question was, why did Grimes, why did um, RJ get benched over Grimes? And that was the reason. It was Gabriel, a team. Can I ask you a question? It was a major team effort. Real quick. Just two seconds. What what did Jalen Brunson, right? What did Jalen Brunson give you that to to tell you or tell anybody else that he should have played, um, after that second half? Like what, because what he was hit because no because no, he was hit because he was hitting buckets he was hitting buckets he was hitting buckets yes he was in the buckets in that first what game did we watch. Hold on. I'm not talking Hold about the first half. Let me finish my question. Ariel, Ariel he asked you about the first half first. And he's a so point he guard. Hold on. He asked you about the first half inside his question. So, so just let me finish my question, Ariel, please. Just hold on. So, what did he show? What did what did Jalen Brunson show you in that first half? And he only made two baskets, literally two baskets. What did he? And he did not play defense. What did he show you for him to finish out the game? Because we talk about RJ. That's fine. Let's talk about Jalen Brunson now. What did he show you in that first half that he should have finished out that game? I, I want to answer this, too. All right, go ahead, Ariel. Your, your feed was showing you in the back at work or wherever you was at. You can go now, bro. Nah, it, it, that, it, that was. Like, I, wasn't so, Rick, I was like, go ahead, Rick. Cash is talking about I hear extra shit in the back. Man, what the hell is that? <laughs> See, now, the, difference, the difference between RJ and Brunson is – Tibbs got when more. When I talk about RJ and Brunson, we talk about what no, 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 Brunson I'm a, show you. I'm going to connect. No, not, nothing. Nothing. But he's our point guard. Who else is going to get those minutes? I mean, Josh. That's, that's what I was about to say. I was with, in the middle of the side, but he's a point guard. With IQ struggling, who's going to come in for like Brunson? Who's going to take guard. the Brunson minutes? With IQ struggling. So you have to leave Brunson in the game. Now, with RJ, he had he has Grimes and Hart that he, he can, you know, he got a trio of dudes that he could select from. And he's going to pick whichever ones that, you know what I'm saying, are doing the best job. And to take to bring it back, listen. I never said that we lost that we won the game because RJ was on the bench. All I did was tell you why he got benched. Nobody's saying RJ question. is trash. Nobody is saying that we better without RJ. All I'm saying is that's why they sat him down. Everybody and, and, and everybody's jumping down my throat because I told you why he got sat down. Nobody's saying because I see State in here. I know State gonna come. He gonna fucking come breathing down my neck. Nobody said he trash. I'm just told, I just told you why he got sat down. And that's why you he didn't answer that. my question. Nobody answered my question. All right, so let's. I just told you why. Brunson did nothing. Hold on. Since nobody answered the question right, and Alex left, so I'm going to just slide this over to State real quick because he's probably going to work real fast. Don't worry, Christian. Don't worry. Right, I'm, not I'm coming to y'all. I'm coming to y'all. Jay from I'm Florida, I got you too. But go ahead, Yo. State. I, once RJ came up, I know your ass was coming. So go ahead. Bro. Nah, it, it, it's funny because. We are all having a pointless argument about R.J. Barrett. But you know what? I joined in. Um, first you. of all, uh, I strongly agreed with Tom Thibodeau benching R.J. Barrett in the fourth. I think people who's complaining, um, you're complaining about nothing. You're complaining about, like, bullshit. Uh, I watched the game, and I watched the game twice. R.J. was getting cooked. Yeah? Oh, sorry. See? I knew he was at work. I'm oh, sorry. 
the fuck out of here. They always acting. I, I hate these people. You know, on certain floors in the hospital, and a bunch of women. They don't. They don't have the husband. Like shut the fuck up. Anyways, I remember those days, bro. I remember those. Days. Anyways, um, RJ was getting killed by Gabe Vincent. He was letting Gabe Vincent look like Damian Lillard. So you had to bench RJ Barrett and bring in Quentin Grimes because you want Quentin Grimes to have some type of confidence going into the next game. And Quentin Grimes effectively shut down Gabe Vincent towards the end of the fourth quarter. So I agreed with Tom Thibodeau in pitching R.J. Barrett. I think that convo is stupid. We need to move on. The leader of the R.J. clan just specifically said he agreed with Tom Thibodeau pitching R.J. Absolutely. So let's move on. Right. Hey, hey, I just just want to add something real quick. I'm at work. I came outside because I don't don't like to hear the same cats talk about the same issues. I'm enjoying listening to Rick. I'm enjoying listening to Daru. I'm enjoying listening to all the cats, the cats that we don't usually hear on Spaces talk. If we hear you on it all the time on Spaces, I don't want to hear your ass. Let these other guys get a chance to talk, man, and, and debate and talk about a little basketball strategy. Go in the listen mode and chill out for a day. That's it, man. Good taste. <laughs> Keep that shit going, bro. God, I'm going back up. Ah, that's what yep. I'm talking about. Now, that's a fact, though. I love the energy, too. That's why I said, but... That over talking each other shit. I gotta stop that, man. Like we, you gotta understand. It's not like we out. It's not like we outside. You feel me? If we was outside, that'd be better. But we gotta control the space. I gotta be able to hear your ass. We all gotta be able to hear you. You feel me? Like one at a time. One at a time. Absolutely. I'm with Jay. But I like Jay. With Jay, I'm with you. It's just that these convos, some of these convos, be asked to me. Like you really got fans really crying about a win. You got other fans talking about why R.J. Barrett got benched in the fourth. I'm an R.J. Barrett leader. I'm telling you he needed to be benched in the fourth. Let's end those bum-ass conversations. Can we? And, and also, I agree with Jay, too. Can we get some new voices? Thank you, State. Thank you, State. Love y'all. I love y'all. Can we get some new voices? I, I want to hear from Rick, Ariel, Christian, Daru. I, I, I like to hear the, 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 the new voices because these are guys who are objective. The, and, the, and they watch more basketball. They older. That's than we watch it, man. We want we want to hear y'all talk. Y'all older than that, so. Hey, yo, state. I pre- I, we appreciate that, yo, bro. I was I was talking for a minute before you hopped in, though. I was I telling really that that RJ shit was, was bullshit. Too, bro. You, you, you know, RJ is my boy too. You know, I love RJ. I was I didn't have a problem. Oh, with it. Look at you guys, so mushy, gushy, coming together. Listen, man. I oh want to hear. I want to hear. The, I want to hear all the talent on Nick's Twitter, man. Everybody needs to up here and talk and, and do their thing. Yeah, I've been killing it, man. I've been listening for the last hour. Fire. Look at what the second the round did to us, yo. Look at what the second round did. Yo, but shout out Tom Thibodeau, man, for making that adjustment, bro. Tom Thibodeau, I'm trying to explain to Knicks fans that in these high leverage moments, Tom, Thibodeau's going to do things that y'all ain't going to – some people ain't going to like. That's but he's not fact. sacrificing a win for y'all feelings. We got to win as many games as possible. Yo, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. We got Jay talking positive now? Yeah, <laughs> Oh, shit, what is going on? I've been positive. Holy shit, I haven't heard him talking in a minute, yo. He's, yo, yo, I gotta get you. If we in the tournament, it's the second round. I'm hearing state talk positive. He's being objectively, you know, objective to RJ. I'm like, yo, we live in a good world now, man. Yo, for if real, I thought State was, was going to come at me. Surprise, surprise. Anyone who wants to know why. If anyone wants to figure out or know why Tibbs decided his rotations in the fourth quarter, just watch the third quarter again. Because R.J. Barrett or R.J. Barrett, uh, Barrett, Randall, and Brunson all play twelve minutes, and if you watch those twelve minutes, 
Unfortunately, RJ was the worst of the three and then didn't do well in defense. So for me, um, I disagree with that, Joe, by the way. For me, um, I think every single player, when you're trying to win the championship, you have to expect that certain players will have an impact on the game, but at different times, right? So in the first half, R.J. Barrett and Randall literally carried the Knicks. In the second half, Jalen Brunson had 23 points and literally carried the Knicks. We also have a young guy in Emmanuel Quickly who, rightfully so, he's playing like Eric Snow. But people fail to realize he has the highest defensive rating in the playoffs right now. So when people, when I hear people say, oh, we got to bench quickly, bench him for what? If you, if you go on the ship, you need to sink with the ship, right? And so I'm not interested in hearing about DMPs or players sitting. I need y'all to, to give me more confidence. Do you see me on the timeline all the time talking some weak shit? No, I'm trying to give y'all confidence. The Knicks will win in five. The M- we, we are a great fan base. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think Before you continue, bro, say that shit one more time. I said Knicks yeah, you heard, Yo, what's up, gangster? I said Knicks and five, but I think that we are a great fan base, and I think that people like us need to exclude more. Yo, what's up, brody? I think people like us need to exude more confidence as far as, like, talking Knicks basketball. And I'm with Jay. I want to hear more of these other people, other Knicks fans. I'm, I'm used to hearing a lot of the same people, and I'm hearing a lot of the same takes. I love objectivity. And this is why I claim myself to not be a stand because I could just talk basketball and I could always be objective about the players I even like. So we need more of that and we need more balance on Knicks Twitter timeline. This is why I like smooth take because I hate smooth take about, oh, we need to stop being this, that, and the third. But at the same time, I understand balance of power. You have to always balance the power between you know, the higher power. I believe in God and Allah and all of this shit, right? So we got to make sure we always exude confidence, always try to say your points, but be, you know, honest, right? Don't try to lie and, and wake up in the, in the morning and lie in the mirror and say, oh, well, R.J. Barrett and Jalen Brunson didn't carry Julius Randle out the first round. He, they did. He got carried. And it's okay. Because I want Randall to carry us to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's what a championship team is about. Shout-outs to Josh Hart. Because Josh Hart said something today that really made me feel good about today. He said, I'm, I haven't been playing. I, I No, he basically said, I got tunnel vision going to the basket. And I need to find Emmanuel quickly more. Do you know how beautiful that sounds? Guaranteed quickly is going to have a breakout game. So let's continue to be objective. But continue to exude confidence. Knicks in five. I don't want to hear Knicks in seven. The Heat is not a better team than the Knicks. We're a better overall collective talent. And I've been saying that since the Cleveland series. We are better than Cleveland. We are better than Miami Heat right now. We are be- we are a better collective unit than Boston and Philly right now. We are the hottest team right now. We have the most talent right now. So, shout-outs to Randall. Shout-outs to RJ. Shouts to Brunson, the mid three. Let's keep it going. Knicks and five, man. We're going to win. Don't worry about it. We're going to win. Shout hey, yo, can I answer? Yo, go, yo, great taste, Tate. I appreciate that, yo. 
And you yeah, man, we gonna Be- win. Before you answer anything, Ariel, let's let's keep this conversation going real quick because I got like yeah. no nah, man, it's real quick. I ain't gonna keep it going long. Nineteen minutes, bro. So I got to keep this going, and I know. Yeah, All right, I, know, I, I don't know how long these next two takes are about to be. So <laughs> let me give them their time. You feel me? I don't want right. to cut them short. Because I never, I never really got to answer that question with uh why Dalen Brunson didn't get sat in the first uh, half. We'll get back to that. That's irrelevant. Uh, we right good. Now. We good. All right, <laughs> but, All right. We won that All right. game. Hey, dropped thirty, so we could right. fuck that shit. <laughs> but yo, hey, he's a point guard who actually could break down the defense. Yeah, you know so the vibes. You know the vibes. that's why you need him in the game, regardless. <laughs> you know the vibes. But look, Christian, I see you, but I want you to hold out because whatever Arigato is about to say as a Heat fan, you as a Knicks fan, you're gonna rebuttal it. So, without further ado, Arigato, it's on you, baby. Yo, 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 um. Listen, I just want to take into account for uh, most of y'all saying, you know, take into uh, accountability for your uh, Knicks uh, players, you know, how they fucked up and all that shit. I like that, you know, being being completely honest and truthful on what happened, you know, explaining you know, explaining what happened. You know, I, I like that, you know, you just taking into account like that. Some of y'all players fucked up. So I like that. I just want to talk about that real quick. And then I uh, also want to say as a Heat fan. I just want to say this, like I said, I won't have great taste like y'all. I'll, I'll be honest. I won't have, you know, I won't. Pull, I can't pull up the stats like y'all do. I can't do any of that. But what I do want to say is, I just think that from what happened, y'all did play a mediocre game, in my opinion, from what I was seeing. And I think y'all won because of what Bam did. You know, that little like, uh, what was it? It was a screen, right? I think that was a four point play, right? If I'm not mistaken. If any, if any, y'all know. Yeah, he ran over iHeart. Yeah, yeah, like I said, that was a good play by iHeart. I won't lie, that was pretty. That was pretty solid, but there was also some uh, key factors that I also want to talk about too. Was you know Caleb hitting the rim? That was some bullshit. Uh, like I said, we y'all got. Uh, I think the refs helped you out. We're on five with Scott Foster. I'm pretty sure on six probably now. But that man's a bitch. Just want to let y'all say that. Fuck Scott. Uh, Scott Foster, whatever the fuck his name is. I think it was low key, a bit rigged, a little bit. Not, I'm not saying y'all paying the ref or anything. I'm just saying the refs are on some bullshit. But uh, you know, like I said, I I still think it's heat and five. Like I said, I will keep it above. We have like I said, you guys are the most talented team out of the Heat, for sure, for sure. I'll, I'll be honest with that. Y'all the better overall team for sure. But I just think it comes down to like I said beforehand. You know, when we had this little with this little talk on uh, I think Monday or something like that. I just think it comes down to experience, and I think we overtake y'all with that, and we just have the better coach. So you know. That's all I really want to say. But uh, just like I said, personally, this is my opinion. Like I said, I'm a Heat fan, so obviously I'm going to go with the Heat. But I'm going to say Heat and Fire. Simple as that. I just want to say that. I can respect that. I can respect that. I mean, I guess the whole notion of Heat and Fire for you. But other than that, I kind of – yo, hold on. Hold on. Right. 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 Unmute your mic real quick, bro, before we get to Christian. Bro, did I not say – that the Heat fans were going to pull up in here and hit us with that grazed rim. These refs, I told you that's what they was coming in here with. They wasn't about to hit us with the how the players did. The first thing was that grazed rim, that charge, and these fucking refs. I spot on. I told you they was going to do this shit. Now that's Ray, sad. tell them how cheap of a person Kyle Lowry is. No, no, Kyle's a bitch. I'll keep it a buck. So my, my thing is this, and then we're going to go to Christian and rebuttal you. It's like this, right? You see how we got them two cheap-ass calls that you state? 
Shout outs to Carlisle for grabbing RJ's nuts and kicking him on the floor <laughs> and kicking him in game one. That's our payback, bitch. You feel me? Hold it shout down. To, and I'm not shout out to Kyle here. Lowry pushing the back and getting a charge out of it. You the feel me? Hold it the down. Heat, the Heat won't be winning this series because I showed you the tweet, Trippy, already when they said Josh Hart needed to be in one of those buildings in 9-11. So I don't yeah, give a fuck that's about the God is ridiculous. Like, we're not going to keep having that shit every round, bro. Like, on some – this is when I look at the NBA like, yo, make a statement now. For real, for real. Like, this shit is ridiculous, bro. That is that's, – that's like, I understand in sports you talk crazy, but that was not just a New York thing. That was an impactful thing, bro. It was more than that. Like, there was other places that were bombed as well. We're not going to keep fucking doing that. Like, I almost lost my moms in that shit, bro. We bring that shit up again, and it's going to be sad. Because if I find a fan that does it, and I know where you at, I'm not talking to you on no timeline, bro. When I see you, I'm going to slap your face off. That shit is not funny. It's not a joke. It's not nothing to play around with. Understand that, folks. It's not something to play around with. That was a world tragic event that needs to never be played with. Christian, it's on you, bro. Yo, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Big Nick Energy and State for bringing the shit back. The last fucking 40 minutes before that, man, all I heard was a fucking bunch of dribble and nonsense. There was no ball being spoken. There was just narratives, and that shit gets annoying, bro. And nobody got time for that bullshit. Second of all, man, this is the playoffs, man. Every game is going to be different, especially when you're evenly matched. I mean, we didn't really see that much from the Cavaliers. That's why it was the same game almost, but we've seen that from the Knicks. The Knicks shot poorly in the first game. If we didn't, we'd win that game. This would be 2-0. So the Heat fans can do whatever they want to cope. The reality is the Knicks are the ones that have been beating themselves, and this hasn't been the way, other way around. Jimmy Butler had a good game the first game, but we really wouldn't be talking about that if the Knicks make their shots in the first game. This be 2-0. So if we really want to talk ball, we could talk ball. We could talk about calls and missed calls. There are a bunch of missed calls throughout the game. It's the ones that get highlighted when crunch time comes around that are the ones that are talked about. So it is what it is. That's, that's people fits people's narratives. It is what it is. Second of all, man, I'm not really worried about this series, man. I think we're going to win the first game in Miami, honestly. We might lose the second, but my take is that we're winning the first. I just think that this has been a game of adjustments. I think the Knicks are going to adjust to the screens. I mean, we saw all that they have now with Jimmy Butler going out. We saw all that they have. They can only come off of screens and shoot threes. They have no inside game. They're not penetrating the paint. Uh, we know Jimmy Butler is going to be doing that. The Knicks are going to be prepared for that. I think RJ's going to have a better game defensively. They're probably going to switch up of who he matches up on because Gabe Vincent is a little bit more speedy for RJ. And I think they were right for sitting him down. Um, but that doesn't mean that RJ hasn't been an impactful play in this, in this in this series. I mean, he's the reason why we're one and one, right? I mean, he's helped out with the scoring punch. Uh, he put up a fight in the first game. Um, it just It's just a game of matchups. That's all it is, man. And number three, man. Y'all know me, y'all know me, what I'm about to say. It's Miami to my fucking dick, nigga. What the fuck is y'all talking about, man? We don't give a fuck about Miami. That shit ain't no real fan base. Ain't nobody worried about fucking Miami. So Jimmy Butler, y'all be glazing Jimmy Butler's dick all day. Like, oh, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. Nobody give a fuck about that, man. You really think, like, uh, he fans are, like, so a lot, like, have, have no sense of ball. They don't see what's in front of them. They, they get hyped. 
because in game two, oh, without Jimmy Butler, we made it a game. He's supposed to make it a game. What do you think? These basketball players will get played millions of dollars are not going to fight to be in the game? That's not how the fucking NBA works. They're in the playoffs for a reason. They beat the fucking Milwaukee Bucks, but we're not the fucking Milwaukee Bucks. You guys are not going to fucking beat us in five games. That shit is just, it, it don't even make sense. Like, if you said seven games, I, I, I'd be like, all right, bet. But when you say some crazy shit, like five games, like we're a fucking trash team, like we're not better defensively on the perimeter, like, and let's keep it a buck. The, the Heat are, are they're on a hot streak right now. They're a streaky team when it comes to the three-point line. They've been the worst team in the NBA, basically, throughout the season. Like, all right, it's good. They're shooting three-pointers right now in the playoffs, but that shit's not real. That shit is the fucking Emerald Series. That shit is, they're going back to Kansas pretty soon. And pretty soon, the Heat fans are going to be like, we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, man. Miami did my dick. That's it, bro. Hey, I just want to say something real quick. Just real quick. Just letting you know, you a hater. Straight up, you Miami a hater. Miami, shut the fuck up. You a hater. Hey, listen, I, I ain't saying this. Bro. I ain't saying none. Disrespect. Mute this hold on, hold on, hold on. Miami, hold on. Hold on. I ain't saying none. Disrespect. Miami, 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 I don't give a fuck where you're from. Get mad. Get mad. I'm not mad. Shut the fuck up. You're literally yelling. Look how you yelling. Get mad. Get mad. All right, fellas. I've had enough. Y'all blowing me right now. Pause. Y'all blowing my high right now. And these pretzels are good. Yo, Trippy, who's next? Nah, ain't nobody next. We're going to let them. What the hell? What the hell was that, bro? Like, I stepped away for two minutes and I had people fighting each other. Let's go at it. We need this. Hold up. We got 10 <laughs> minutes left. They're going to finish this shit out. What happened? Why? Why? Who? Miami? What? Knicks? What? what where y'all was going with this shit? What, what y'all was saying? Yo, Trip, before, before you dip out, yo, good looking for you. Let me know, man. Of course, you bro. Me... You know you're always welcome, Brody. Yo, because I'm, I'm all the way in. I'm in Iraq right now, man. It's like almost 11 o'clock at night. Oh, shit. I can only get on spaces during the daytime, New York time, man. So... I appreciate you starting the space early, letting me up. Yo, every bro, Thursday, you. 1 p.m., every Thursday, I got you. Every Thursday. And then you got other content creators in here. You got State in here. You got Stan in here. You got Cash in here. You got Ariel, Ray, Joe, shit, Brutus, Jay from Florida. You got all times. Just make sure you keep that New York time. Pay attention to your timeline. You're going to see all the spaces out here. We got you, baby. Well, I'll be home next week. If anybody pulling up to Miami game six, get at me. There ain't going to be no game six, so you better just come to New York. Nah, I can't. I don't leave till Monday or Tuesday or some shit like that. I think it's Tuesday. It's all right, baby. We're going to be here because Knicks is going to the next round. It's going to be in five. So you ain't getting the game six. But uh, we see you when we go against Philly or Boston. Other than that, though, man, look, this show has been live. You know, we got a lot of good takes in the first round before Twitter was on some whole shit. So you'll hear that when the audio drops. You get in when we did round two, we got more good takes. Then we got a crazy conundrum of like, okay, where y'all going with this? But it was great in the same to- same token and fashion because, again, there's no fan to fan unless you get one of those primetime debates. Like, it just happens. That's just the flow of the conversation. You have to agree to disagree. Ray, you over there eating, so I don't know if you're trying to talk, eat. What you trying to do over there, bro? You smacking over there. Oh, y'all can hear me? Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. Uh, 
Yo, Trippy, uh, quick question for you, Pace, because of how great you run these spaces for us. Uh, are you working Saturday afternoon before the game since in Miami? What time are we talking? Uh, game starts at 3.30, I think. I was looking to, because uh, I talked to the Heat vs. the World kid I do the podcast with last week, who also was really Miami casual. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a podcast with uh, an actual Miami beat writer tonight, so that's way fucking better. But uh, the kid has like 3,000 followers for the Heat vs. the World pod, and I told him we would do a co-space. Okay. If you would be able to run it at like 2.15, 2.30 for an hour before tip-off, if possible, that's fucking fantastic. All right. Uh, let me check my schedule, see what time I got to be to work. But uh, along the lines, I'll let that – I'll check my schedule, get to you in the chats later on. I'm going to talk to Ray, work something out. Because if anything, Ray, you probably going to have to host it, and then I'll probably be at work and chime in here and there. But we can work something out. Is that during your take? Uh, damn. Matter of fact, yeah, we got to check that out. Yo, Brutus, DM me too. We got to chime in with you. What time y'all doing that too on uh, on Saturday? So make sure you let me know. So we gonna, yeah, we're we gonna work. We're gonna work all the details out. We should make a super. We should make a super one because I literally told them we would do a co-space uh, before game three, whenever it was. So if we can like mix all well, the VSN. If we do, if we do a other. co-space, if anything, we gonna shoot them straight over to the pre-take, and then we just do it there. We will just join them from that side. They already running, so kill two birds with one stone. So right. if anything, uh, what I need you to do, Joe, I need you to hit up Brutus. I need you to hit up your man, and then from there, set that up, and we set it up that way. And I'll meet you on that space. All right, word up. That's a fact. But look, everybody, speaking for myself, I, I'm gonna definitely give the you know the mic to Ray in a second. But we appreciate for, we appreciate y'all for coming out. We appreciate y'all for these takes. It was a good basketball talk for once. Yeah, I love the the back and forths. I don't like the you know talking over each other, but I do like the back and forths though. You know what I'm saying? I love the aspects of who needs to get better, what needs to happen. But overall, again. Without y'all, we can't make this happen. So it was lit just to hear different perspectives. Yo, I keep on muting myself while I'm crunching. I apologize for that. Um, Thanks, everybody. It was great hearing everybody's opinions. I'm just going to echo the same sentiments that uh, that uh, that Trippy gave out. Um, every Thursday, man, every Thursday here at 1 p.m., come bring your opinions, bring your thoughts. Um, and I actually want to close out with a rapid fire real quick. Um, for everybody that's on the panel, just real quick, could you give me your keys to uh, to game three? What do you think that the Knicks have to do in order to win? Um, and we could start with Joe. Um, and then we can go over to Ariel, Darul, Rick, Chris, and then Smooth could close us out. Uh, keep dominating the offensive boards if uh, Spolstra keeps doing the foul Mitch every time he gets a chance to dunk you gotta throw iHeart in there I mean I don't like thankfully this is a series that iHeart can still stop Bam from doing anything really inside and just keep chasing shooters man that sooner or later they're gonna go cold it's unbelievable I don't care if Butler gets 25 but we can't let Shrews, Duncan Gabe all get 15 plus that's fucking ridiculous Word. I agree, man. I agree. Go ahead, Gabriel. Yeah, man. I basically agree with what I said. Like I said, the rebound is going to be key. And actually, if we get something out of that bench, man, I think that's the reason. That's that's going to be like the X factor is uh, the bench got to step up, man, for us to even win this series. If we got, we got to, we've been getting marginal production from them. Um, the Heat bench has been outscoring us, which should, just should never happen because the Heat bench is awful. 
uh, more contested shots, guys getting over screens. And uh, I think that's going to be the key to, to winning this game, man. And um, I want Mitch to step up too, man. You can't have him getting in foul trouble early. I agree. I agree. Yeah, that bench is going to be key, man. All right, I'm going to shoot it over to Rule if he's still there. I'm here. Uh, stay dominating on the boards. Uh, stay away from uh, falling to the trap of, of shooting more threes than you should. Uh, keep attacking the rim. Um, drawing fouls, getting to the free throw line, uh, using the formula that the Knicks used the entire season. Uh, stay away from doubles. Man up as much as you possibly can so that even if Butler get his, you limit the number of points everyone else gets because there's really not that many shot creators on that squad. Yeah, those are all great points. Those are all great points. You don't need me to add on to that. I'm going to swing it over to Rick and then Christian and then Smooth. Don't overhelp on uh, Butler. Defend the three, offensive rebounds, and keep shooting. Keep shooting the shot if you got it, and Emmanuel quickly. Go ahead, Christian. Um, continue to you know out rebound the Miami Heat, which we've been doing already in the series. Um, and just contest those shots, close out. Eventually, the Miami Heat's undrafted free agents are going to come back down to earth. And they're not going to be making them three-pointers at that crazy rate that they're doing. It's just the truth. It's just not realistic. Um, and you know how I am. You know, I'm a New York nigga, so it's Miami to my dick. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, bro, came through, waited mad long, gave it a pause, said, awesome. That is an endless classic. I'm glad we're recording this. I need that clip. I need that clip. That's a drop. That's a great drop <laughs> that. <laughs> All right, Smooth, go ahead, man. Close this out. No, nah, no, nah, hold on. We got Smooth and then Cash going to close this out. I'm going to let Cash get up here. He came up here right All on right, top bet, of bet. Yeah, can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, I think uh, the rebounding, the uh, the points off the turnovers is going to be a critical part of the game. Uh, Three-point shooting in general, whether, you know, from us making threes to how many threes we're giving up. You got you to gotta match them when it comes to three-point shooting or make more than them. Uh, we can't have a, a game where they make, you know, 14, 15, and we make seven. That's not going to win. Um, and be aggressive, man. These dudes are too small. They can't guard us in the paint. Attack the paint. The three-point shots will fall. Just be aggressive. Play your game. And then make free throws. You make the free throws. You be aggressive. You limit the three-point opportunities. And you rebound. We'll win this game. And we got the better team. We just got to just gotta make better adjustments and play our game. That's all. And then we'll just see what happens to Fish, y'all let me come up, yo. Appreciate it. A fact, bro. Always, you're always welcome. Cash is on you, baby. Yeah, man. Appreciate you guys. Um, I want to see. I want to see some more point of attack defense, man. I, you know, a lot of the times, is you know, the Heat are just getting whatever they want, getting to the spots that they want. I need to see uh, a little bit more force on that end. And off the bench, man. I, you know, watching last game, I really see. Uh, you know, Josh Hart as a, as a real facilitator, maybe switch IQ and um, Josh Hart and have Q fucking uh, be the shooter. You know what I mean? Get off, get off the screens and shit like that and let Josh Hart maybe, you know, be a point guard for a little bit. I think that he can handle that. that and um, I think that they'll be way better off getting quickly uh, going. You know what I mean? I think that Josh Hart is a, a do-it-all type of dude, and I think he can handle that responsibility. I'd like to see some kind of change on that end. 
I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And salute to everybody with their takes, especially with this rapid fire. Everybody hit on some key topics that, especially if Tom utilizes it, the team follows the game plan, we could get it done. You know what I'm saying? We could definitely get it done. And like everybody's been saying, like I've been advocating for the longest, Nixon five, before we get out of here, though, I just want to say one thing to certain people, Snotty, Nikki, and Alex. I remember y'all names. Y'all came up here, and y'all ain't get a chance to speak. So next Thursday, when we run it, as soon as y'all come up, I don't even care whatever rotation I made up. I'm making sure I'm going right to y'all as soon as y'all get up to become a speaker. I did not forget y'all. I'm sorry we couldn't get to y'all, but I did not forget y'all. Trent, before we go, can we let Arigato give uh, his keys to how Miami wins the next game, and then we all boo him and throw throw shit at him? Oh, yeah, why not? I love it. Thanks. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Like I said, at the end of the day, whoever wins, like I said, I'll be honest, whoever wins, wins, right? But no team is going to win the finals. Just letting y'all know, we all suck at the end of the day, straight up. He has no clue. Day, bro. This is exactly that was trash. five. Did you hear that? He didn't five. He didn't, he didn't five. Straight up. He points. He just said nobody's going to the finals. On that note, lad. Yeah, we Nick suck. We have no five. chance. We're Nick terrible. Big five. five. You heard him. Miami to the what? I ain't going to repeat it, though, man. Have a good night, Yo, Christian, bitch, straight up. <laughs> Get him, Chris. You wouldn't tell me that in person. I promise you that. Yeah, I, I bet I would. I doubt it, buddy. All right. Keep going to bed. I'm re- I really All right, we're not going to throw stones at you guys live 3,000 miles away from each other. That's how we're ending. Yo, Nixon that's what, Five, that's what let's I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, I feel free to come to the garden. I'll be in the garden. Yo, it's over, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. Just before we had just know, that was a sad key of emphasis by a Miami fan. We out here. That's a sad fan base, bro. Miami sucks. You got no faith? (laughs) Sad case.